This is the Prepared Mindset Podcast. I am your host, Austin. And uh, this week, I actually had the opportunity to sit down and catch up with uh, with Tim. Some of you guys might know him a little bit better uh, on Instagram as Concept Gray. Uh, I talked with Tim uh, probably about, I want to say like nine months ago. Really nice guy, uh, a, a wealth of knowledge, and uh, worked in the industry for a little bit in a couple different capacities. And uh, you know, it's just nice to catch up with people, right? These connections that we talk about making in the two A community, uh, these, these friendships that are formed, and um, you know, just the opportunity to, to to see what he's been up to and talk about some things that have happened in the last nine months. Uh, it, it was cool. It was a really, really cool conversation. We got into all sorts of stuff that uh, I was not planning on talking about, but that's fine, right? You know, that's kind of how this goes sometimes. I think that's kind of the beauty of, uh, of just people's different experiences and being able to bring us together via, you know, a podcast like this. Uh, so it was, it was really cool. Um, it was a good discussion. Uh, we hit on everything from, you know, uh, training and, and citizen training, um, we talked about uh, in, you know social media, the the bans, the the uh, the unjust lens that gets uh, that the two A community kind of gets viewed with uh, through social media, whether it's on you know Facebook or Instagram or or whatever else you know um, the the bans, the shadow banning, the perma banning. I mean, there's all kinds of uh, nomenclature that's kind of been invented to define these. Uh, quote-unquote violations of community standards uh and then from there we kind of it got into so many other things you know we talked about gear and kit and um some new purchases and 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 some old gear and and finally you know tim being able to upgrade some some things and the logic and rationale behind that we talked a little bit about uh, the lumber industry because that's where he works and uh, if some of you guys remember not not so long ago right lumber prices like tripled um, and we kind of get a little bit of an explanation around that. Maybe we'll see more of that, you know, now that we're in the great gas hike of, of 2022. So, uh, we, we jumped all over the place. It was, uh, it was a really good discussion. So I, you know, I think you guys are really going to enjoy it before I jump over to my discussion, uh, with, with Tim, I do want to make sure that as always, we thank our partners, right? We can't do this alone. This project, uh, it takes, it takes a village, and we have some really awesome uh, partners and sponsors that that support what the Prepared Mindset does. Uh, so first, Eclipse Holsters. Guys, if you've been listening for a while, uh, Eclipse was our first sponsor, our first supporting partner here at the Prepared Mindset. We are now happy to say that we are ambassadors of the brand, right? Um, super, super good company. Small business, family owned, and they put the customer first. If nothing else, guys, that's hard to come by. Okay. And I grew up in a family with small business. So I understand the toll and the time, um, that it takes on, on the family unit. Uh, but the, the commitment to their success and the care that they give for their customers truly does make them stand out. And it was one of the things that really made me want to partner with them in the first place and why I'm so excited that we're partnering with them again as ambassadors for their great, great products. Uh, if you guys head over to eclipseholsters.com, our code prepared mindset, it's going to knock 20% off your your order. 20% is pretty huge. That, that's a fifth of your overall cost. Um, they also guarantee that your holster is going to be in the mail in three business days or less. Three business days, not three weeks, not three months, whatever. Three business days or less. And if you spend over $100, you get free FedEx two-day shipping. 
And I think they exclusively ship with FedEx now because it's so much more reliable, better tracking, and faster than USPS. You know, if you're buying a holster, it's because you need to carry a gun. You shouldn't have to wait a month to get that holster to carry that firearm. We're talking about your own self-defense here, your own pres excuse me, uh, your own preservation, uh, your family safety, right? Aside from that, they make fantastic holsters. You know, I carry in one of their serious light bearing holsters with my 43X, run a, you know, a TLR6 on it. Awesome holster. They got all kinds of colors and designs, hardware options. Uh, the mono clip that everyone's raging about now, they offer that. The Alta clip. So whether you're a female looking to carry in leggings or, or jeggings or sports shorts or whatever, uh, they got all sorts of different options and great ways to carry. Again, EclipseHolsters.com, our code prepared mindset's going to save you 20% off. Go check out what they got going on over there. Let Jess and the team hook you up with an awesome new holster. Uh, also, thank you to MyMedic. Uh, MyMedic is an awesome company that has built their reputation and their name in the industry around providing great solutions to civilian consumers. And not just in the tactical space, which I think is what I like the most about MyMedic, or one of the things I should say I like the most. Uh, they base their solutions around common sense and common life applications. Things like they understand that not everybody's a shooter. So they, they have a TAC medic. They have something that's designed, or the range medic. They have something that's designed for tactical applications. They also have a lot of other solutions that are geared towards things like automotive, things like boating, something that's waterproof and will float. They have a pet medic because most of us have dogs. And if you didn't have a dog before COVID, there's a pretty good chance you got one during COVID. So they hooked us up with our code, Mindset20. Again, it's going to save you 20% off your order. Pick up whatever you need. Maybe you need a whole kit. So your family of four, you need to pick up maybe one of their MyFacts. You know, you want to have whatever you need on hand when tragedy may strike. Or maybe it's not even your family. Maybe it's someone else's. You pass them on the road, you're at a party, you're at a, an outing, and you come across a just awful situation, you can be the one that makes the difference. Even if you don't have the skills, I mean, there could be a doctor, a nurse, somebody there, an EMT with, with proper training, but without proper supplies, you could be the catalyst that could save and change somebody's life just by having those materials there. But so that you can be a tool, you can be an asset, MyMedic does a great job and offers educational content with every order. So you have access to their library of educational materials so you know how to use the tools that they're giving you, that you're purchasing from them. It's not just a one and done, your sale, you're done, that's it, give me the money. It's how can we help you be effective? How can we help you help other people? Again, our code Mindset20 saves you 20% off the order. They even have a rewards program now. So while you're making these purchases and you're stocking up on all of your medical supplies, you can earn points to get even more supplies. Can't say enough about how much we like this company. They do a lot of great things for the industry and the community and the folks that want to be prepared in a number of spaces. Head over to MyMedic.com and check out all the awesome stuff they got going on. You can also... For all of our sponsors, you can go through our link tree and our Instagram. Uh, we are affiliate sponsors with MyMedic as well as Dryfire Mag. So if you use our links, you can still use the discount code Mindset20 with MyMedic. If you use our link, 10% of what you spend is going to come back to us. If you use our link for Dryfire Mag, a piece of that's going to come back and support us here at the Prepared Mindset as well. Both companies are doing great work, both great products that we're thrilled to be affiliate partners with, and they really do they really do support us here. You know, so any any little thing, right? Maybe you're just picking up a $30 tourniquet at MyMedic. Maybe you're spending 100 bucks, 
buying a dry fire mag so that you can practice without having to use ammo. You can practice at 8.30, 9.30, 1 in the morning in your basement, getting better on your time, on your dime, and it's a great, great investment with the dry fire mag. Uh, both of those companies, affiliate partners, again, you can access our link tree on our Instagram. You can go through our offers page on our Facebook, use our link, help support what we're doing here. Every little bit really does help. And we really do appreciate it, you guys. But, uh, my conversation with Tim Brum, uh, you guys might know him better as concept gray on Instagram. Uh, let's just jump into it. All right, man. Welcome back. All right. Well, I'm very happy to be here. It's been appreciate you wanted me back. <laughs> yeah, no, definitely, man. I think it's uh, it hasn't really been a year. It hasn't been a full year because I think it was kind of warm. So. Uh, maybe we're like nine months. Like, like mm-hmm. we could have made a baby by now or something, but it hasn't been a full year. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. Um, <clears throat> and it's been. I mean, there's been a lot of shit going on too. Um, yes. I, I mean, I, I've been super busy with stuff. Uh, I assume you have too. You're. Dude, your your Instagram following has uh, has uh, I want to say spiked considerably in the last few months. It, it did, um, and now I am suffering Instagram again. Um, they have a knack for just destroying, you know, growth. You know, if you, you know, I had a little bit of a oh no, I wouldn't say a little bit. I had a really good surge. I would say before the holidays, into the holidays. And then February hit, and yeah. all my engagement, and you can see the numbers. It's, it's right there. All my engagement, all the... Went straight um, to the floor. Oh, it went to the floor, absolutely. And it did the same thing last year. Um, it's so strange how they... I mean, I, I personally, I, I tried giving up understanding what it is that, that drives uh, the algorithms and how they really like throttle them up and throttle them down. Um, It's always changing. Um, You hear about, I've got a friend that um, his wife works in the IT world and is with a startup company that, I don't know, does something with social media, whatever. And he's like, oh, they're doing algorithm change or, oh, they're doing this. And he's like, do you think they're really throttling you? I said, absolutely. And then we saw my numbers skyrocket and then fall back down and skyrocket and fall back Mm -hmm. down. I'm like, the content's the same. You know what I mean? Yeah, and I'm also getting a lot of people that are, um, they'll message me, they'll DM me, and they're like, "Hey, man, I can't find you. I have to physically type in your entire name." Yep. To find you. Yeah, I've had that. When I go to tag you in posts and stuff, I have to tap. I have to type in your full name because if mm-hmm. I if I just do concept, or even just you know C O N C, you get like it. It, it, it feels like 800 other pages. I'm like, isn't this supposed to like throw my, 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 like people that follow me or that I follow mm-hmm. or like people I contact often, isn't this supposed to throw them at the top of my list? Aren't I not supposed to have to, you know, dig for it like this? Yeah. I remember like the forward guys, you really had to search before they got, you know, permaband, you really had to search for them to, to find forward observations group. And then now it's gone. And then same thing with his personal one. I to kind of, cause he was posting a lot of stuff with this whole Ukraine wildness and to find stuff. I just, I had to physically search for him. And, and there's a lot of accounts like that now where I'm physically searching for, and I'm like, this, this, this sucks. Oh, it's, it, it's super shitty. Um, <clears throat> I know I have uh, a couple of friends that got, uh, they got banned. We actually had, um, 
his old his old handle on Instagram was uh, student operator. Um, but his name's uh, Dylan, Dylan Ruth, really cool guy. We had him on a couple weeks ago and, uh, like no shit. The morning of him coming on the podcast <laughs> was when he yeah. got, uh, he got zapped and they, he didn't even get an appeal. He didn't get anything. They just, nope, your account's deleted. Some... What, um, what was his content? Uh, a lot of training stuff. He's friends with the guys that run like, uh, Orion training group. And, okay. uh, he, he shoots a lot and he goes out of state and, and goes to classes and things like that. So, um, it's a lot, it was a lot of two a, um, a lot of video and, and I hate using this fucking word because it's like it, you get, you get people like point and laugh at you, but like recce type stuff. Mm-hmm. And, and that's what he's doing lately too, is videos of that and everything. And, um, mm-hmm. Yeah, he got zapped. No way to get his account back. Um, what was? Did they even give him a reason? No. Well, um, I think he thinks it's because he uh, reported a comment by somebody who claimed to be an ATF agent, or or maybe it was he went on the actual ATF Instagram page and like stirred up some shit or something. Um, yeah, they don't like that. Yeah, no. I mean, I don't know how how much truth there is to that because I mean, God knows there's trolls out there for everybody, right? But. Uh, he thinks that that might have had something to do with it. And that's, I mean, it's BS, right? I mean, if they're going to keep people like the Taliban on Twitter, they should be able to keep, you know, smart asses like us on, uh, you know, Instagram. I mean, we live in the U.S., for God's sake. I mean, mm-hmm. come on, it's our tax dollars to keep that place going for the most part. Oh, um, absolutely. I mean, I mean, that's one of the fiasco. It's, I mean, it's, it's been, it's been awful. You know, um, I don't know if you, if you were uh, friends with Conan, um, High Speed Hillbilly on, on Instagram. Yeah. Uh, solid dude, right? One of like the few guys who's actually out there doing the stuff that's in his content. And to be clear, what I mean by that is he, he was actually out, uh, hiking, doing, uh, Mm -hmm. actual recce work, um, you know, packing up a, a backpack and, and going out into the desert and stuff and like, and super down to earth guy, super nice guy. Uh, and I didn't even realize that he was gone this past week or whatever he got yeah. he got zapped and um and, and you know and hit with his situation i don't know i don't know if his was because of content or maybe if he took his down because of um he's in the military and maybe something around that but then i got a, a message from somebody else um he's friends through the company enamel pie yep. which is they do uh like nylon goods and things like yep. that one of those small yeah, startup companies recently they do some good work um, and he's friends with them and he, I think he got like, he didn't really get tagged, but they put a picture up and then they put like a caption over the picture that, that had his name in it, you know, and then it said perma band. And I'm like, what do these guys do to get, I mean, you can have chicks on there twerking guys doing lines of blow and all kinds of other stuff on, on, Inst- you can find anything on Instagram. You can find porn on Instagram if you, if you know yeah. the right hashtags <laughs> and you, but, but these guys, this is, uh, that's inappropriate. You know, this is, this is over the line. We gotta, we gotta get rid of these, these, uh, second amendment type folks. Right. Yeah. And like Instagram is such an awesome platform. I love the platform. I like how it works. You know, I've tried the getter thing. I tried the, what's the other one? Um, oh, let me find it here real quick. Getter and then parlor. It, it doesn't mm-hmm. work. Um, Instagram is just, again, they put a lot into it. It's massive. It works really, really well. Yeah. But unfortunately, it's the people behind it that are just throttling our content. You know, uh, Pew Brothers, uh, do you follow him? It sounds familiar, yeah. 
Um, he just moved to the Tampa Bay area and we've met up already a few times and we've been talking about it where, you know, he's, you know, if it wasn't for Instagram, you know, and in our community, I would never get to know the guy. So not only are we like fostering two way content and, you know, really diving into the roots of, of the country that we are, um, it's a lot for relationships to build, to make new friends, people that you know, like we're talking right now, yeah. you know, the platform yeah. is, you know, we've, we've done so much positive stuff with it despite being held back. Um, oh, and, yeah. it, and it, and it sucks. <clears throat> it, it just, you know, for me, my content, um, is a little milk toast, you know, it's, um, <laughs> you know, I don't get edgy. I don't get super edgy, but, but then again, it, it's not who I am. Um, I, you know, I, I, mine, I look at mine as two way and photography. Like I took photography in college. It's something I enjoy doing. So I've, you know, picked my style and my, and my deal. And every once in a while I'll, I'll zap in a little political this or a little, you know, cultural yeah. that, um, and it's not because I'm afraid of Instagram. If they want to take me away, they'll take me out. I'll just make a new one. You know, I'll just keep going. Right. Yeah. Um, but you know, this for me is is how I want to express my art. And I know that sounds, ooh, you know. Uh, well, no, but, I mean it's, it's. But it is for me. It is. That's what it's there for. You know, it's yeah. supposed to be that outlet. Absolutely, and you know the perks about it is, um, I get to talk to people. Um, one of the weirdest things for me, as my account really grew was the random messages of people I don't know asking me for advice. That is the most yeah. thing in the world for me. And like talking to my girlfriend and all that kind of stuff. She's like, just embrace it. I'm like, I will, but it, it's, I'm like, who, I'm just Tim. You know what I mean? I'm just, you know, I, I, I've been in the, I've been doing guns for a while. I've been in the industry and, and, you know, a couple different applications, but um, it's weird. It's still weird to have people ask me for advice. Um, it's cool, but, yeah, um, and I'll, I'll give the best advice I can, and, and that's what I like about the platform is we can communicate. I can give my my peace of mind, and someone mm-hmm. can you know contact you or whomever that we all follow, and you know kind of make a smart decision as they enter the two way world. You know, when I did it, you know, um, oh God, yeah, five. Yeah, I remember uh, five or six years ago, seven years ago, maybe when I got involved with firearms. I do. I didn't know. I was not Instagram at the time at all. I didn't know who the hell to reach out to. Uh, the extent of this is going to sound awful. The extent of my networking and resources at the time were like three friends, and then like the comment sections on like the YouTube videos for like uh, Iraq veteran eighty eight eighty eight um, and stuff TNT, like that. Nothing fancy project. <clears throat> yeah dude it was it was super i don't want to say low tech but it was just it is not what it what it is today I mean, for I sure let's see i'm 35 now i bought my first gun when i was 21 i moved to florida when i was like 17 and i wanted to get my permit and my first gun i bought a glock 27 and oh my goodness gracious looking back now what did <laughs> i do um do you still have it you know no, that's long gone. That's no, do you see? Gone. You gotta, you gotta keep the first one. Like I, 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 know, I, hate, I know. I hate that I bought an M and P Shield Gen One for my first gun. I hate that I bought that because what I went to the store wanting was a Glock forty three. They were out of stock on the Shield, and my brother had the forty three. And the guy was like, "Well, I can get it for you. I won't have it until next week." And I was like, "Well, shit, I want one now." <laughs> so I, I settled okay. for the Shield, and it's not a bad gun. It's just, and I got no. big ass hands, and it was, it's tough for me to shoot it. I had a shield. Um, I was already in the industry at that time. I was at the retail retail section of the industry. 
So I had access to stuff and um, I bought one to try out. Yeah. And I just couldn't get into it. It's not a bad gun. You know, it's not a bad gun. Mm, it's couldn't get into it. The, the trigger. Go for it. Yeah, the, the trigger. trigger I mean, and not even like the grit and the take up, but just that hinge in the middle of it. That hinge, yeah. And yeah. how, a, like the, I guess the radius, right? How how sharp or or, or how much it curves. Mm-hmm. It really, I just, I really struggled um, learning how to shoot that trigger. And my full size M and P, because I like the ergos on the M and P line, whether it's the mm-hmm. shield or the larger versions. Oh, you know, the ergos are awesome on it. And again, I, I I bought that one because I I saw an old video of Chris Costa going over his like uh, his sprint run of guns that like ATEI did and stuff. And yeah, I was like, oh dude, I dude, oh. I, I gotta have an M and P. I got to. It's, it's right. much better. No, if you speaking of Chris Costa. No, if you yeah, if you are about to tell me that you actually have one of those, I mean, because there was probably I think he said there was only two hundred and fifty of those guns uh, no. ever made. No, you don't have one. No. Oh, okay. No, what I do have say not though, fair. is a Chris Costa action figure. I know. Do you hear about this? He no. Did this a few years, he did this several years ago where one of like you know those like big action figure companies um, yeah. that do like replica stuff, they do the trainer edition, and oh I bought God. one. Just recently, I bought it just uh, on eBay the other day because I'm like, you know what? I was feeling very nostalgic, and I was like, I like collecting old stuff, like weird old stuff. And yeah. I forgot about these and I was searching for something and I came across it. I'm like, I have to buy this. So how is that homework, look into it? How, how is, how is that not made it onto your Instagram yet? You could tag him. I'm sure he'd probably like, I'm going love it. to, I'm going to, I, <laughs> I just got it on eBay and it's like so cool. Cause it's like, if you look at it, that like, it's actually like branded. There's like Oakley Raven Aimpoint. This is when he was doing the stuff with, um, LaRue tactical and he had his, um, October, LaRue gun. How, how far? Oh my God, man. I mean, because he was him and Travis Haley, like the, those Magpul DVDs back in the day, that was like, they were pioneers. I mean, was, they were the yeah. ones that got civilians interested in training. I don't care what anyone says. There was already some, <laughs> uh, how lamb was doing it. Um, what's the other one? Um, Swan, Swan, what's something Swan? What was it called? Come on, help me out here. They're up in Georgia. They're a bunch of like ex Delta dudes, apparently. Oh, uh, man, I can't think that of that one. Now. I don't know. Tiger Swan. Never even heard of that first, one. Look up Tiger Swan. They're an early training company. Write that one down. Yeah, right there. Kyle Lamb in Viking Tactics. Those guys are, mm-hmm. I mean, because Kyle Lamb was in uh, Somalia for Black Hawk yeah, Down. He's a Delta, I mean, those, yep, he's a Delta yep. guy. Um, um, so they were already doing training because I, I, so I, my first training class was a Chris Costa class. Um, oh, you took a class from him? Yeah, I took a class. I, uh, a couple. Um, so, oh man, I'm going way back. Now, my now ex-wife, this was years ago when I was in, in college. It was like, oh, I was already out. She got it. She got bought me a class for my birthday. Um, and That's it was an awesome gift. Class. Yeah, it was a great gift. Um, now, do you think and, those guys, it, they blew up the way they did? Be, I mean, when I look at it, I mean, obviously, good content. Um, very, both very smart gentlemen in their own regards. Um, I think, and I, I don't exactly know what time frame this falls into. I might be completely out of it, but I know once the, the assault weapons ban kind of fell off, then everything kind of exploded in the industry and the war on terror spurred a lot of development and stuff. Mm-hmm. So, um, <clears throat> I feel like they just happened to be one of those like right 
right place, right time, and working with Magpul. Absolutely. And, it was Magpul and the fact they were putting out videos. Yeah. That's the thing. People could physically buy these DVDs and be like, whoa, I can. Pre YouTube, yeah. Or YouTube. Um, and people were like, I can learn how to do this stuff. And then it just it just spiraled because it was them. And then when they broke off, you know, uh, Travis Haley went and did his thing. Chris did his thing. And then you had, um, who was after that? I mean, they kept, they kept Magpul going for a little bit. They brought in oh, new yeah. guys. I think they, Fisher. Um, that, yeah, I think they tried to replicate it. And it, <clears throat> as corny as it sounds like they tried to just, you know, um, recapture that that spark or that energy that 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 chris and travis had and i think that at that point the ship had kind of sailed you know you'd kind of you'd started to see it, it pop up and be more common on youtube by that time and um gone, i don't know yeah. if there were a, a ton of other dvds i know panio productions really really tried to yeah to put out like a full line of dvds and i have a couple of them um yep. but it's just stickers did a few I'm, with Dan, with dana defense yep yep i remember seeing those Yep, he did a few, um, and then like you said, a bunch of other guys did it with with, with Panio Productions. I mean, Sonny, the AK guy, um, Robert Keller did it with Panio, yep. and he's an old. Um, I think he's an old Green Beret guy. I think Robert Keller, think so. and only, and the only reason I remember Bob Keller specifically is because um, when he, because they put out like the teaser videos, you know, it's like two and a half mm-hmm. minutes of him running through stuff in different clips and. Um, is his uh, when he gets up on the rifle, they have like a, a side angle view of him, and mm-hmm. he he's so far bent forward when he gets up on that gun. Really, and I was like, uh, what the fuck? But then you start doing research, you start figuring this stuff out, and then even recently, Two Lamb from uh, Ronin Tactics came out with a video talking about when he got in, right. That's what they used to teach everybody. Like, you, you get on the gun, even more aggressive, even more aggressive. Mm-hmm. And that's why all those guys all have back braces and back problems. I'm like, yeah, all right. So this all starts to make sense. But I think you know, it just that kind of it highlights, right? You know how far a lot of shooting mechanics and the uh, the sharing of knowledge has come in. I mean, a relatively short amount of time. What, fifteen years? Ish. Yeah, I mean, pretty much GWAT. GWAT is what changed everything. You know, I got, I, again, I was, I didn't serve around like that. I'm just a gunshot, you know, gunshot rat and gun guy. And, um, but a lot of my friends that I went to school with and stuff like that, um, had a lot of good information. And you can kind of see, like, they showed me pictures and stuff like that of, like, the evolution of firearms and training and oh, all yeah. that stuff. And it's, it, it, a lot happened in a really short period of time. Well, we've already gone from like so if you if you look at it like um like collector cars and like muscle cars and stuff, right? It took fifty years between when the seventy Charger, Camaro, whatever mm-hmm. iconic American cars, right, come out, and now here you know here we are fifty two years later, right? Um, it's kind of the same thing when you look at guys that clone guns, except we've done yeah, it in I'm about of them. fifteen years, you know, yeah, uh, yeah, a third of the time, and now guys will pay through the nose for. I mean, anything and everything. I mean, it's it's obnoxious. Uh, yeah. I mean, it's, 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 I was, so I started cloning years ago. So let me go back. Are you, are you really about to drop the, I did it before it was cool? No. <laughs> I'm just the evolution of it in prices because I started because of one guy that I worked with. Uh, when I was working at a retail gun shop, I worked with a guy that's a 20 year guy. Um, he did like asymmetrical warfare stuff. Just really cool dude. And, 
he actually bought or had a rifle built. He did a, a Mark 12 Mod 1. No, Mod 0. I'm sorry, Mod 0. Yeah. Um, by, if you do them right, those they, are badass. Yeah. I mean, I've got, and, and that's what sparked me. And I did it. And with, I'm trying to do the timeline now. I've been with my new job after I left the gun shop world. I started doing it about seven years ago. Okay. And this last year, it's blown up. It's, you know, you got, you got articles and magazines specifically around it. And like, I mean, there's I whole subsections of Reddit on it now too. Yeah. There's whole subsections now. I mean, I waited three years to finish my, it took me three years to build my Mark, my mod one. Um, because of the day of the, the day, the, the cack rail, the long cack rail, mm-hmm. um, it kept, I was, I, I, I was on like art, uh, email list and a whole bunch of e- other email lists waiting for the rail. Cause the rumor has, it was night time was, was going to do a small run of the long rails. And mm-hmm. I can tell you the day I bought it, I was actually out with my, one of my best friends and we were at a bar getting some, um, it was a, a speakeasy bar and we were going out cause he was getting married and he was like asking me to be his best man and all that kind of stuff. And it was like one in the morning and I got an email alert to this rail and they had like 10 available in stock when you could check on it. And I was like, I have to buy this now cause I wanted to finish this rifle. But yeah, the cloning and all that stuff. That's, I mean, I am like clone light. I, yeah. I will not, I will not go. And we've talked about this before. I won't go super hard and heavy. Because I mean, I'm not you can't, pay. dude. It's it's so expensive. I mean, for what some guys roll up in these guns, because I think the last time that we talked, we were talking about your your Mark 12 and everything. Yeah. And I mean, really, really, it's you can buy a, a, actually a pretty decent vehicle for less money than you can buy some of these clone correct yeah. uh, weapon yeah. systems, and it it gets ridiculous, especially when you look at like optics. It's like, dude, these optics are shit. They're total horse crap. They don't work well, but they they're accurate for cloning. Mm-hmm. So guys mm-hmm. will go out and they'll spend six, seven grand on it, you know, if it's yeah. in decent condition. And it's like, dude, you know, we've had we've had a lot of developments mm-hmm. on this kind of thing. Mm-hmm. But you know, I think it's uh, it, it's still kind of a really cool subculture, I guess, yeah, of the two A community. You know, which is a huge part of our of our country mm-hmm. and our history. The one great part about it is the search. I will say that. Now, it's gotten out of hand. I will say that. But when I was doing it, like searching Air 15 and M4.net and all that stuff, looking for parts that people were selling, that was fun. You know, it, was yeah. like, it was like a, you know, um, a scavenger hunt. But now it's, there's, I mean, there's yeah, we still have that. It's now. just, you know, scavenger hunting for ammo or, you know, yeah. basic essential parts that we need to make a gun function, let alone you know, historically accurate parts and pieces. And, you know, I mean, talking about culture and all this stuff, and it's like, you know, it's, it's a huge piece of what we are as Americans, whether people want to admit it or not, you know, it is, a it is huge... absolutely in our foundation. And, um, and I don't know if you uh, watched any of the uh, state of the union address, you know, that we had uh, with our, our, our wonderful president um, who started by spending the first like 20 minutes of that speech talking about how, uh, resilient and amazing the people in Ukraine are for, you know, rising up and protecting their home, which I agree with. I think we all agree with. Uh, and then later on, the speech comes full circle and 
There we are. We arrived back at gun control and about how we yep. don't need guns here in America. You just talked about how, you know, another foreign country gave out 25,000 rifles to its citizens, a country the size of Texas, mind you, and how that's, you know, that's that's what we we should aspire to be like and how great it is and and patriotism and rah rah. But by the way, you you don't need those. There's there's no reason yeah. you need that. Uh, deer, deer don't deer work. Have have Kevlar. Deer don't have Kevlar. Yeah. Um, no, it's it's absolutely rooted in our foundation. And like anyone that argues that, I will argue to the death that they're wrong. I, I don't care what anyone says. You know, it, it's in our founding. I mean, it, it isn't. I mean, I mean, we don't need to get. We may or may not get this conversation, but in our constitution, it's literally in the writings of the manufacturing of our of our of our, of our nation mm-hmm. so that that was rooted in there you know we're, we're not perfect and oh this okay whatever i'm not gonna get into the semantics of of some of the the wrongs that may have been done in the past but when you look at the core of what our nation is and we're, we're a free people and and even though i think as a country we've gotten a little soft because life is easy and yeah, I I, i've talked about this with, with a friend of mine for a while and um, I'm a Christian, I'm a believer, and um, I've done some mission work. And I've been to the Amazon jungle, and I did a, I did a mission trip to Colombia in the middle of nowhere wow. on the Amazon River on the border of Brazil, Peru, and Colombia. And follow me with this. And I went there to go help out an orphanage, uh, rebuild some things, paint. Um, they just needed a lot of maintenance work. And we also did like a little summer camp for the kids that, um, that were living there. We, we took them up deeper into the Amazon jungle and did this like week long kind of like Bible study camp. Um, but the one thing that was profound to me is we live outside of reality in this country. We yeah, live from the rest of the world. Yeah. And I've been saying this for a really long time is, you know, when people talk about, when you turn on the news, you see war, famine, slaughter, genocide, you name it. I mean, we can keep naming things. And we are so detached from that, from the rest of the world. And, it, and it's not by accident. You know, we as a nation of, of just free thinkers, and we have allowed ourselves to be free through firearms. You know, if you if you look at, and it always comes full circle to a nation that's like war torn, or there's something really terrible going on, it's typically at the root of government. They're typically yeah. doing something, and again, our firearms, I truly believe, are a buffer between us and that lifestyle. It is. I mean, in people, I think that are that willing to look at something. Um, like the second amendment or even just specifically objects, right? Uh, like weapons and say that, Oh, we don't, you know, that's, that's not what the the founders meant. You don't need to have this, uh, in the world we live in. It's, it's not something you need. Why do you need that? And that's one of my favorite questions is, well, why do you need that? And it's, well, I mean, I don't have to explain it. It's guaranteed. People have a right to Mm -hmm. defend themselves. Um, but you know, these arguments, these, these, uh, I mean, they're pretty weak attempts really to like kind of tug at any of the fabric, any of the loose strings that might be there of, uh, what makes up our country. It's, it's, it's pretty asinine, you know, um, commentary, like deer don't wear Kevlar. It's like, well, let me, yeah, no, they don't. And, and if you knew anything about an AR-15 and this is how I know you don't, you would know that Kevlar doesn't stop rifle rounds anyways. So, yeah. it, I mean, 
it, it's it's literally doesn't make a difference from a factual standpoint, but from an ideological standpoint, it has nothing to do with deer. No. No. I mean, nothing. Where, there, there's why, nothing in the Constitution that says you can go hunt. Exactly. You know, hunting is a byproduct of needing to feed yourself, and firearms happen to make it easier. And before but, firearms, we used bow and arrow. And before mm-hmm. bow and arrow, you used a sharp stick. <laughs> you know? I mean, what are we talking about here? I mean, and and what really kills me is these uh, people that kind of walk the, the line down the middle, you know, where they go, oh, well, I just think we, I mean, I think we can all agree on common sense gun control. Yeah, common sense is so, isn't so common, you know? Well, and it's, you know, common sense would dictate that you'd have a, a pretty, uh, you know, strong understanding of what you're about to argue against and commentary like deer don't wear Kevlar. Uh, you don't need a, uh, you know, uh, 30 rounds per second, uh, you know, assault weapon to go hunt deer or whatever. Um, it just proves that you're, you actually don't know what you're talking about and you hide behind platitudes like common sense. We can all agree that we don't, you know, we don't want our schools to be, you know, attacked and our children to be victims. And it's like, Mm -hmm. Well, I'm going to go a level deeper than that. When it comes to politicians, now the layman, sure. But when it comes to politicians, they absolutely know what they're saying. Mm. You know yes. what I mean? They absolutely yes. know the context of our Constitution. At least they should. But when, when you really, again, when you have like Moms Demand Action or whatever that group is and every town and all that stuff. Bloomberg, the yeah, behind, all that. Yeah, the people behind the curtain, they're using these families they're using these people as cannon fodder and they're pulling the strings behind it and then they know absolutely what they're doing and they use these platitudes but i think i think they they do it purposefully i I really don't believe ignorance only goes so far with those groups and once you start getting to the upper echelon it's not ignorant more it's purposeful yeah i i completely agree and what's i what's ironic is um that same argument of, you know, well, you just know what you're talking about. You're not educated on this. You're ignorant is something that's often thrown back on a lot of other issues. Uh, everything from, you know, uh, gender identity to, uh, you know, voter suppression. It's, well, you don't understand the facts. You just don't understand. Well, okay. Well, I mean, that door swings both ways and, you know, I'm willing to learn if you are, but it doesn't necessarily, you know, it doesn't necessarily get us there. Um, so it's, I had, it, an, it, I had an argument with, with, with a guy, a buddy of mine's friend, and he was like super against guns and, um, big city guy, New York, LA. Oh, sure. And, and it all boiled down to one thing though. I'm scared of them. Yes. Okay. I don't know about them. Okay. So, because you don't know about something, you're willing to strip me of my rights of it. That doesn't work that way. I don't know. Yeah. He, and he's he's in the acting world. And oh, of course I said, he is. oh, of course, uh, producing all that writing, all that kind of stuff. And I said, uh, I said, OK, well, I don't know much about that section. I'm going to start stripping you and censoring you. Oh, no, that's my First Amendment stuff. I can create whatever I want. OK, cool. But I don't know about it. So I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to use your same argument that your ignorance of something is going to be a stepping stone into trying to strip me away of what I do know in my rights. So I'm going to start stripping right. your rights because I don't know anything about it. You know, well, just, and, that's, and of course and, that's like preposterous. And they apply the reverse right to, to topics like, I mean, like racism. And I mean, like 
you fear what you don't understand. Right. And I mean, the Salem witch trials were a long time ago and that's like the, that's a, a prime example, right. Of a point in history when fear was the deciding factor behind how <clears throat> actions were carried out. Uh, so I, I just, I do, I find it really funny that, uh, that's the argument that comes up a lot, you know, and the comparison of the first amendment and, you know, oh, well, we would never censor the first amendment. It's like you idiots, they're, they're shutting people down on social media for having, uh, dissenting opinion it's literally happening right in front of you it's just not happening all at once so you're you're okay you're you're happy to to just go day by day by day living your life without questioning what's what's going on mm-hmm. so and, and, and like there's that you know that that saying it's like you know when people use um what is it when they when they, when they say oh when they came for x you didn't say anything when they came for x you didn't say anything when they came mm-hmm. for what you believe you know, now it's a problem. You know what I mean? So, you know, for me, I may not agree with you on certain things, but if it, if it involves being free and yeah. saying what you want to say, I will fight. I will fight to the death. Believing, you know, you can say what you want to say. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I may not agree with you, but you can say what you want to say. And, and that needs to be reversed. But they won't do that. They, they, they hold firm to their beliefs until their beliefs are threatened. And then it's the end of the world. And they want everybody yeah. on their side. Exactly. Their side. And and that's what you know, we're seeing all, all the, the – and I talked about this, I think it was two or three weeks ago. Um, and this – I guess it's fake outrage or maybe even fake concern, sadly, um, with this this war in Ukraine, right? Mm-hmm. Now all of a sudden, uh, COVID's gone. We're all COVID okay. Disappeared. We yeah, we're COVID, fine. yep, it's a miracle. Um, COVID has just vanished from the face of the earth. We no longer hear about it. We no longer talk about it because now we're talking about the war in Ukraine. And now everybody's profile picture on the social medias has switched from the stupid, goofy green banner that says, I got vaccinated, I trust the science, I mean, or, or I mean, whatever. And hey, if you got the jab, like, good on you. Like I did because I made that decision. I have lots of friends that did not for all kinds of other reasons. And it doesn't really, doesn't really fucking matter. Uh, but you know, everyone's so, Oh, let's stand with the people of Ukraine. Let's stand with, and dude, how did, did you forget everything that, how, what happened to COVID? Do you care now just because of what the media is telling you, you know? Oh, well, um, you know, we'll just be glad that you don't live over there. That's that's the other one we're seeing now too, right? With the gas, the gas hike and everything. Is mm-hmm. well, you could be getting bombed on right now, and this is the price of freedom. Imagine you could yeah, be no, living in not. Ukraine. And I'm like, uh, the, and I had a discussion with somebody. You know, uh, it's the price of whose freedom? I mean, not my freedom. I am free here. Uh, the price of freedom in Ukraine. I mean, quite possibly, yeah. Uh, but that's I don't live there. Not to say I don't care about those people and what's happening there, but that I can't. I have to take care of myself first. Mm-hmm. We spilled our blood for freedom two two hundred plus years ago. You know, we right. we've done that. We've fought that battle. You know, um, and then we can go to the semantics of what's going on in Ukraine and all that kind of stuff. But um, I, again, empty platitude. It's I, I people. I feel like people need to project that they care, and yeah. at the expense of others. And our beliefs, you know what I mean, as as a nation, oh, yeah. our, at our core, you know what I mean. It's a popularity and, thing. Absolutely, it's a popular. And let me put this in. My, I mean, who was it? Was it Oof Puppy or one one of the guys that does like a meme page? I'm trying to remember who it was. 
And it was like, oh, just wait for the OnlyFans girls to be running discount sales um, in the name of Ukraine. And man, 12 <laughs> hours later, yeah, people found someone doing it. And I mean, it seems like they ended up deleting Because I looked it up. I'm like, what, what did this person find? And deleted the account and all that kind of stuff. And and people do that, man. And and, and I feel like, and I'm gonna I'm gonna say something a little unpopular. Um, I feel like some of the two A guys are kind of jumping on that too. And See, I don't. I, I was I, gonna bring I, it I up. Hope, I hope that it's with good intentions and and money's going to the right places, and it's not mm-hmm. just to hey let's make a few bucks off of it because you start walking this fine line of profiteering off of it, and I, I feel like a lot of, again. My heart goes out to the people there. I hate governments. Governments start wars. Governments always seem to be the ones that send boys to go die. Um, But my heart goes out to the people. And I just hope that all these organizations that are doing T-shirts and this and that, the money's going to the right place. I I hope so. I I really hope that people aren't profiteering off of this. I really, really hope. And kind of like bandwagon jumping on it. Um, Because we saw it with, you know, it's it's been interesting how quickly things moved in ten days, twelve days. Oh yeah, I mean you got you you went from this just being an idea to then there was the actual bombing and the invasion, um, and then you know now it's you know the the giant social media movement, and now it's even starting to die down a little bit. So it's almost like we're waiting for the next mm-hmm. big thing to happen. And I mean, yeah, I mean, sadly, as much as. Uh, I'd say as patriotic or as level-headed as a lot of people in the two-way community end up being, um, you know, like you're saying, I think some people saw it as an opportunity. I mean, mm-hmm. I, I can, I know for sure I saw at least a couple different <clears throat> posts on social media about, um, you know, for anyone who needs it in, you know, we can ship to Europe. We have, you know, this many thousand units for plate carriers or chest rigs to go or, um, I don't know if they can ship armor like that. So I don't think it was an armor company. I know it was like yeah, a lot of nylon be, goods. Be like, ITAR, like nylon's one thing, but like armor and like all that stuff becomes ITAR and all that kind of weird stuff. Yeah. So. But I mean, and then, but yeah. you, you did see that the bigger companies didn't really go out. And I don't, I don't love using T-Rex arms as like my compass for a lot of things. But usually when something of some kind of importance or magnitude comes around, just given that their, their overall presence and everything, they respond accordingly. Um, Mm -hmm. and the fact that they haven't ignored it, right. But they haven't, you know, made this their overwhelming focus right now. Um, I think this is a lot about the company. Remington Um, did it. And what's that? Remington did it. Remington. Remington's not even Remington anymore. It's, uh, Palmetto owns it, I think. Well, they they got fractured up up, up, a few different companies. Um, like Remington oh, Ammo is one company. Remington Arms is another. They got broken up and bought out by different entities. But uh, Remington sent out. I, I don't know which sector of Remington it was, but you can find on their face uh, on their Instagram. They they were like, "Oh, we're sending a million rounds of ammo to Ukraine." Oh, I, I did see that, and I'm like, okay, that that's cool. Like, ammo is going to help those people. So will food and mm-hmm. and medical supplies. The irritating part for me for that is that like you know, there's still a pretty large ammo shortage here for Americans that, you know, founded your business and have kept you in business for all these years. Uh, we, I mean, I'm still, I don't know what it looks like, uh, in, in, you're in Florida, right? I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, so I don't know what prices on a box of 50 rounds of Remington white box are, for example. Uh, oh, but it was like $22 for 50 the last time I saw it. And that's just outrageous. That's yeah. 
over double what it was uh, pre-COVID. Yeah, I did a class uh, that my girlfriend bought me. Um, I keep getting these as gifts. I can't complain. It's pretty good. Yeah, I did a class. And I, I went to Midway USA and I bought 500 rounds of the class. And I think I paid like eight ninety nine a box of 50 for some Remington ammo. What? Um, and that was when? That was J- July 2020. That's before things went. We were in COVID coming. It was, again, I preface this with COVID in Florida was very different than COVID around the United States. Yeah, that's, um, that's very a very good <laughs> distinction. You guys handle class, things a lot differently. Yeah, Ron DeSantis did, 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 did this good. But um, I looked it up and I was like, whoa, I can't believe I paid that much for ammo. I bought it right as things just went through the roof. Um, it was almost like overnight, really. I mean, within a week or yeah, two, I remember local stores here. Um, I went to the local sportsman's warehouse here and they had like one of those sandwich signs, like one of the, the, the self-supporting signs, just a big chalkboard and said, we are out of, and instead of saying, you know, what we do have, it was, we're out of 22, we're out of 380, nine millimeter, uh, 45, five, five, six, 308. So I mean, like all they had was, you know, like 40 because no one really likes 40 that much. Yeah. Um, and then, like your really goofy uh, rifle calibers, like two forty three, some two seventy stuff. Um, not a ton, you know. I feel like it, it, it was it was pretty. You couldn't even get twelve gauge slugs. Like you could get birdshot. Uh, which I'm is disappointed basically with bit. with the two way retail business because, again, I still have friends in it and. Prices were increasing before prices were increasing. Let me tell you that yeah. because I was able to get well into COVID when prices were already starting to go through the deal. I got the homie deal on some Magtech 62 grain uh, non-penetrator. I bought 500 rounds of it, and we're talking well into COVID already when prices were insane for 33 cents a round. And that was a you said that was a friend that hooked you up with that. Yeah. yeah, and that was their price. That was employee pricing because employee Man, pricing was that's... cost plus cost plus ten, and so I knew and I was getting information that cost had now manufacturers have passed on price increases and all that kind of stuff. But for a solid year, man, I'm telling you, I would ask them. I said, "Have costs gone up to the manufacturers yet?" No. But, okay, and retail places were just boop boop boop, and who who who's notorious for that? Cheaper than dirt. Dude, those guys are, they're not, yeah, their name is cheaper than dirt and they are anything, but they're, they're awful about that. And so is, uh, realistically, I think optics planet's pretty bad. I know they're not mm-hmm. like huge on the ammo side, but they've definitely bumped mm-hmm. up prices on parts, optics, uh, you know, whatever they're plus their ship. Mm-hmm. They're just, they're an awful company to deal with. I mean, I have never had problems with them. Dude, uh, optics planet, my brother so waited three and a half weeks for not anything special, right? A Vortex Strike uh, Strike Eagle uh, 1 to 6. Three and a half weeks just to get a shipping notification. Really? The he longest canceled I ever it. waited for was seven days. No, he went He went almost a month. Canceled it. Went and uh, Because Pal- Palmetto had it on sale. And it came with the cantilever mount. So he canceled it, ordered it on Palmetto, and had it in like four days or something. It was... No, I mean never again. And when he emailed them, they were just total shitbags about it. And were like, they? you know, 
yeah it was a terrible experience i That's neither awful. one of us will ever shop through them again and honestly i tried not to, to go through the big guys uh, i think my last big optic purchase actually was through uh semi a semi-local store here in michigan ann arbor mm-hmm. arms where i've started taking classes and stuff and mm-hmm. um eotech is based in ann arbor so uh, okay. they had the eotech reps there and they had all oh, the cool. good shit out so you got to you could play with the voodoo you could play with the the exps3 and everything and and they had rubber guns there everything was strapped onto with the magnifiers so you could do whatever you wanted and i was like man this is this is pretty hard to wake walk away from you know and uh mm-hmm. it, they had some some ridiculous sale i think it was like 15 percent off or something um, mm-hmm. So I got an EXPS2 and I grabbed a new carry light or a new, um, it was a Phoenix LD30, I want to say, um, for my for my wife as a uh, sweetest day gift. And I think I, nice. after tax, I was like right at 600 bucks. I'm like, all right, yeah. cool. You know, and a portion cool. of the proceeds that day was like their September 11th sale. But, uh, but, but yeah, so getting back to the, the original kind of point is, yeah with our culture, this is a huge part of what we as Americans, I mean, I guess you want to call it like an identity or our our country and our history. Uh, And I remember seeing the first posts on Instagram and social media of what was happening in the Ukraine, people with training, right. With cardboard rifles and wooden rifles. And I was like, "Uh, what is this? I, 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 I truthfully, I did not know what the hell was going on when I saw the posts on people's stories. Then the news started to come around. Then people's mm-hmm. posts started to get more detailed in things. And, oh, now all of a sudden, here they are. And this literally makes the case for why any country needs to have access to firearms like this. But I think it highlights even more so why training is important. You know, I mean, I feel like from the outside looking in, a lot of people will look at uh, the, the 2A community, people that train, people that own gear like, 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 a, like a plate carrier. You know, why do you need that? I remember it was uh, the the first year, so 2020, right, when COVID hit. Yeah. Um, Fourth of July, went to a barbecue. Uh, We got that first stimulus check, you know, pretty quick. And I (laughs) used it to buy a bump helmet. There you go. And my buddy's wife's like, "Um, what's what's with the helmet? What what do you need a helmet for? And and her husband's like, "Uh, for night vision, duh. I was like, well, I'm not there yet. I guess it depends how far the stimulus comes around, but... Um, and, and I still don't, but you know, I mean, you should, those are the kinds of questions I feel like we shouldn't really get, you know, I think it, we, we all need to work just like harder to normalize the concept. And I, and I think some of the shit that's happened has actually made it easier, you know, with like, it has to justify the, it. Yeah. We shouldn't have to justify it, but it's allowed us an avenue. Yeah, and I think with the current administration pushing as hard, you know, the David Shipman deal that finally, you know, we won that one. Um, now they're revisiting it again, right? Oh, we're we're rehitting this push on on gun control. Um, yeah, they just talked a bunch of stuff in the omnibus bill this past week. Did they really? Yeah. So uh, look into the um, it's something like Women's Protection Act or something like Violence Against Women's Protection Act. And essentially what it does is it hamstrings you if you – you're pretty much guilty until proven innocent if you do a NICS check and you come back as a non-approval uh, because you happen to have – your name is John Smith and there's a John Smith in your area with the same name and you get a non-approval. 
not, apparently 90% of all non-approvals are wrong. Um, so there's this whole process with that uh, where that's going to hamstring people. That got snuck into the omnibus bill that was passed to the $14 billion or whatever to Ukraine. And the See, um, and I wonder... I, I'm and sorry, that, not it wasn't that bill. That was the other bill, the omnibus, which is the spending bill. Um, and then there's something else, too. There's two things, and I, I can't recollect what the other thing was, but the main thing that I remember was this, this Nick's check thing that I was reading in, uh, into. And I'm, and I'm wondering if maybe some of that will start to go away with this, I forget the name of the case, but it, it's being discussed by the Supreme Court right now. It has to do a lot with the overreaching of the ATF um, and how they kind of arbitrarily create their opinions that they, mm-hmm. that they then enforce as law. <laughs> Um, which has kind of been like the, the, let's call it what it is. It's been the left's end around on, on mm-hmm. gun owners for anything that they mm-hmm. deem to be unnecessary, um, or too violent or too effective at manipulating a firearm. Um, yeah. that is not to say that I support bump stocks. I support your right to have one. I personally think mm-hmm. that they're dumb as shit. And Actually I thought that was, one. I thought that was the dumbest hill ever for people to go mm-hmm. die on about the, I mean, I, I understood the, the why, right? Because it sets precedents, it sets standards mm-hmm. and it, it, we shouldn't be restricted. However, at the same time, looking at going, is this really what we're fighting over? Can we fight over something good right now? <laughs> you know, but you know what? It, it, it was important to fight over because what, what did they come after right after? But now it's braces. Yeah. Well, it's been um, braces it, it, on it, and off for years, you know, it's true, but that, I feel like that may have emboldened them because, you know, you had, a Republican president and you had, you know, some traction on the right, um, politically. And then that was something they were willing to concede on. And, and mm-hmm. one, one thing I've noticed about the anti-gunners is it, it's death by a thousand cuts. And if you give them an inch, they will take a mile, you know, it's the bump stocks and, you know, everyone's talking about partment of, they were really trying to push, you know, parts being regulated. And now we're talking, Oh my God. Um, yeah. Yep. I remember seeing um, all that. Yeah. And that's been that's like, been their strategy has been it's been a slow progression. You have, to. you have to die on a hill. And when people talk about, oh, do you think automatic weapons should be available? Absolutely. Should yeah, be. I mean, if you can afford the ammo to shoot something like that and you can afford to actually buy something like that. I mean, like currently right now. So um, Black Friday, I went out and I, I purchased a suppressor. I went out and got a dead air Ooh. Sandman and I'm, yeah. I'm super excited. Um, and I was like totally strapped in to wait the long haul, like 10 to 12 months or whatever. And then I got a call from my local, uh, FFL where I use the silencer shop kiosk and they had me come in at the end of uh, January to convert me over to an e-form, which yep. is supposed to move you to the, the 90 day, mm-hmm. you're supposed to have 90 days or less or so they claim. And I, I did see one, I did see one post online. Somebody said, yep, I got it at like day 78 or 80 or something so for me it'll be end of end of next month right i've been seeing a lot of people talking about within 90 days people are posting now more frequently that it's coming within 90 days yeah yeah, i'm so excited but i think that that's that see that those are the kinds of laws that we need our actual elected officials to to help fight against and it's it's this like misunderstanding of um kind of what you talked about earlier right with with arguments that are you know, hollow and people don't really understand what they're arguing against. Uh, suppressors, people call, I mean, I get it. The patent says silencer, but they're anything but silent. You know, I yeah. mean, you shave even with the best cans, even with the best ones out there, you're taking 25 decibels off. I mean, 
yes, you, you could, you know, 300 blackout, short barrel, some subsonic, like, okay, yes, you can get to a point where some of these are very, very quiet, but for the vast majority, you still have to wear hearing protection. This is not going to make this whisper quiet. And I think we owe Hollywood for that one, right? Everyone 100%. thinks it's just a, a tiny little, like, um, I don't like a, yeah, it's just, it's, I like think of, whistle. uh, like the, uh, uh, James Bond and his, uh, suppressed, uh, PPK that, you know, everyone used in golden eye and stuff. And it's like, yeah. it's not what it sounds like. No. It's, it's nowhere close to that, man. I've actually brought a lot of people to the range and they've shot my suppressed stuff. And like, it's a lot louder than I thought. Yeah. Yeah, it is. Yeah, um, it really it's is. Not the, it's not the movies. Um, but it, 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 it's, it's so bizarre because, I mean, and again, over in Europe where suppressors are a bit more prolific for hunting and all that kind of stuff, um, but access to firearms is harder uh, there. But it, it's just weird to see the differences where, you know, a suppressor is not a regulated item in a lot of, a lot of countries in Europe, um, but it is here. Um, I find that very interesting. I mean, I guess if I had to have it one of those two ways, I'm happy we have more access to the firearm. Yeah. Um, but it, it, and it's, it's just asinine, you know, um, it's the same thing when you look at, uh, you have to get a tax stamp for an SBR and the dumbest thing in the world. And, and, and it, oh, well, it's, it's too concealable. Like, listen, there's, I mean, a, you're not going to stop anyone realistically, but B, if you're talking about, uh, lethality and effectiveness of the weapon system, like go crack a book. The shorter the barrel, the less effective that five, five, six, most rifle rounds with the exception of. <laughs> 300 blackout again uh the, the less effective that round is so i i don't i don't it doesn't make a whole ton of sense not to mention if they want to hide behind statistics if you want to hide behind numbers if you want to talk about tragedies and things sbrs really aren't what's doing it you know it's not like that's the rifle in general no it's usually handguns and shotguns mm-hmm. i mean the statistics are on our side Mm-hmm. The hard facts. You look at FBI data and all that stuff. The the data is on our side, um, but I, I think politicians are just scared. They're scared. Yeah, to take to a stand against it to lose votes. Take a stand, absolutely. And it, and we all know what's right. You know, we all know what's right, but we can't fight that because they're afraid of it. Well, and I think that we've actually without having to do too much, I think we're actually starting to win some battles on that front with the rioting and the looting and, you know, two summers ago and, uh, and all of that, a lot, a lot of people bought firearms for the first mm-hmm. time. A lot of people start to have growing concerns. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, it, you know, it's all kind of rolled in there with all the craziness that was COVID and, uh, George Floyd. And I mean, dude, 2020 was a total shit bag of a year. <laughs> like it was, and 2021 really wasn't a ton better. Um, yeah. But I mean, people, I can tell you. I'm oh, sorry. Go ahead. Uh, I, but, I mean, but people saw, you know, hey, you want to know why you need this? There you go. Turn on your TV set. Mm-hmm. And, and it's happening more, right? We went from the riots and everything to, oh, now we're calming down a little. Oh, look, war in Ukraine. Uh, citizens being bombed citizens and brutalized. Fighting, yeah. Yeah. You're fighting in the streets of your capital city with Molotov cocktails and surplus AKs. Um, a lot of my buddies in the industry, on the retail side, um, as the George Floyd riots and BLM riots and all that stuff that was going on and um, stuff in Portland, um, they started noticing something. Um, lots of people coming in um, with certain 
letters on their voter registration cards uh, buying firearms. Lots of Democrats. <laughs> I'm going to start out there. Lots of Democrats buying firearms. Yep. And yep. here's the most bizarre thing. Um, I was talking to some of my guys, and they were like, they're willing to pay more money. They're like, how can I get this now? And again, they don't have concealed weapons permits all this stuff. They're like, wait, I have to wait three days. I can't walk away. They were so ignorant to the process. And some of my guys were telling me they got a little spicy with some of these people. They're like, well, you voted for this. Um, like to their face. <laughs> like, yeah, they got a little spicy. And who knows? Maybe they may have converted a few people over to the pro 2A side. But a lot of people, I think, had an awakening to what the process is actually like. And the yeah. importance, and beside the process, the importance of self-defense. You know, a lot of people were so, oh, the police will do it for us. Or, no, they won't. They'll Not when try. you defund them all. Not when they're all gone. Well, that, I mean, that, that's a whole nother, I mean, that's a whole nother thing. Yeah. Um, but, you know, we don't, I, I hate to say this because it's so cliche, but we don't carry a cop on our hip. Yes, I, I yeah. get that. But, you know, now the, the odds of ever having to use your firearm, probably pretty slim. Pretty low. Yeah, statistically pretty low. Yeah, the statistics, and, and again, if we want to use, and, and I'm going to be very upfront about, about this, when we try to use statistics to um, justify our our points, we also need to look at the other way as well, is where the statistics say, yeah, it is pretty low, but it doesn't matter because we are law-abiding citizens. We, we want protection, and we have the right to it. End of story. Don't care what you say. So the, the statistics in the end support, you know, we're not having blood in the streets. You know, that's what the, the left always likes to say. Oh, there'll be blood in the streets. There'll be the wild west. No, it won't. It won't be. It won't be. Now, will you have a situation where someone uses their, their firearm for self-defense? Absolutely. It'll happen. Well, and that's and why we're seeing... Have the right to. Yeah, and that's why we're seeing uh, constitutional carry in almost half the states in the nation yeah. now. And they're, we're not seeing the... Uh, the the forewarned or aforementioned right uh, spark of gun violence and the rise in 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 vi violence and murders and and gun related crime we're not and honestly there's more data to to suggest you know you look at areas with high concentrations of gun ownership uh, there's actually less crime because people think twice there's there's mm -hmm. less opportunity to be a victim when it's an, when it's easier right for you to own a firearm you can take that matter and this is not to clarify that either of us are suggesting that we think you want, you should, or want to, or we want to go out and shoot someone. It's really not. Every gun owner that I've ever talked to is scared to death of the opportunity that that may arise that they have to make that decision. You know, uh, the potential for that kind of a life-altering situation. And that's the other thing, too. I mean, oh, yeah, you carry a gun. You must want to shoot someone. It's like... Don't be a fucking asshole. Look at the numbers on, on police response mm -hmm. times. Look at, I mean, it, you don't want to be a victim. That that's, it's, yeah, that's I don't want to shoot somebody, but don't be wrong. I will. Yeah. I mean, if it comes but down to, I think it's what we live by. It's like, we don't want to go yeah. kill someone. I mean, no one wants to kill someone. I mean, taking a life, you know, life is a precious thing. We're only here for a short period of time. Mm -hmm. No one wants to take a life. But I think the whole point is, if, if someone endangers you or threatens you or, or is going to, is willing to do harm to you, you absolutely will do it. I mean, we have, it's a necessity. You have to do it. Yeah. Self-preservation. I'm, you know, if you want to go that route of, you know, how we are as human, human beings, self-preservation is absolutely, you know, at the core of what we want to do. And it's just a tool to do that. And it's not, no one wants to do it, but they will. Yeah. I mean, it, and if nothing else, that's not even saying that you can come into those situations and that you have to, 
it just if nothing else like if nothing else at all it gives you the option mm-hmm. uh it, if things are escalating to that point and i feel like today we're always under more scrutiny camera phones and everything but yep. it at least as the as a private citizen as a united states citizen it gives you the opportunity uh to make that decision for yourself now you you know we fully understand it's a responsibility and you bear the consequences of that action so again coming full circle here it's why training is so goddamn important to understand when to shoot when not to shoot when you're justified when you're not justified you know how to um, shoot <laughs> running out to running out to the store right buying a glock and shoving it in your nightstand does not constitute you as a prepared citizen and honestly it, it makes you more of a liability than anything if you don't know how to use that you know firearm if you're not training with that and it that doesn't mean you have to be spending hundreds of dollars on ammo you know it yep. just dry practice get to the range when you can you know once every couple months you know it, it is a diminishing skill so you know just <laughs> make sure you're not going to shoot oh. your friend on accident or nothing but you know I, I took a class the other day i got a call from staccato and I did buy a staccato. Um, the last time we talked, I was like really wanting one. Um, and they called me up. They were in Florida doing something. They said, hey, do you want to do a class? Said, yeah, sure. It was part of their 368 program that they have. It's like their owner's group. And it was a one-day class that they paid for the instructor, ammo. There's a private and- club for you people? Maybe, I guess. I mean, <laughs> hey, listen, I get a phone call on a Friday, and they're like, can you take this class on Tuesday? It's like five people um, trained with this uh, ex-Special Forces guy. Uh, he was uh, uh, a fifth guy. Um, really cool guy. Really great instruction. They, they pay for everything. It was So the whole idea behind this was um, a few non-Leo and a few Leo. So um, it's supposed to be five people. ended up only being three. So it was super intimate and super hands-on. It was great. Um, and they, they, they covered it and I got to train and man, I haven't been shooting dynamically in a while and it is absolutely a perishable skill. And I was actually talking to someone about that today. Um, cause he was talking about getting you know, a gun with his wife, first wife and all that kind of stuff. I said, she worked from home and he wants something. I said, listen, if you're gonna get her a handgun, you need to get her to the range. You need to get her some training because it is like, I just told him like, I had to knock the rust off of it because I hadn't between work and COVID and just life in general, just like everything I'd going on, yeah. Shot the way I've been wanting to shoot. And, and I'll be 100% honest with you, like with the price of ammo too, it kind of hindered how much time I spent at the range. So I go to this class and he tested us at first. And then we did the training and then we ran that through that course of fire. It was like five or six different things that we had to do. Um, I posted a video of it um, on my Instagram. I saw that. I haven't had a chance I, to I watch it, real. but. Yeah, I did, I did see it when I was looking through. And um, from the first time, like I had a vast improvement from when I when I first tested, and then when we did the final test, um, I just had to knock the rust off. And I'm like, man, I need. It was a little bit of an eye opening. I'm like, okay, I'm a gun guy. I've been shooting for a long time. I've taken classes. I've done all this stuff, and I just hadn't done it in so long. And I I, I think that pistol shooting, especially, is a very perishable skill. So to piggyback off what you said. You know, you buy a gun and stuffing it in your drawer is not enough. It's not. No, no, it's and and that's someone like you saying that who's been doing this a long time, who a lot of people would assume like, well, I mean, you've been doing it for years. I mean, it should be no problem. Yeah, you kind of I mean, but in the situation that you need a firearm, right, you're 
Mm-hmm. And, I, and I just I just included this in a post that I made, right? You fall to your your lowest level of training in yeah, moments of panic, in moments of uh, crisis, right? We're not thinking clearly. You don't have time to calm yourself down and stuff. So mm-hmm. whatever that level of training happens to be, uh, that's on you to determine. So if, mm-hmm. if your level of training is so low that you, you fall to your lowest level is non-existent, mm-hmm. that's a problem too. So take a look at that and you know there's lots of ways to get better at shooting um pulling the trigger and and, you know uh recoil management are a small piece of it i mean dry practice Mm -hmm. at least for me dry practice has been tremendously helpful i need Um, more of that i have i have seen leaps and bounds of improvement uh i mean you have to take like a little like a regimented approach to it right you know some Mm -hmm. stuff sucks to work on but you just got to work on it um what are you using for dry fire? Do you have any system that you're using or any kind of stuff? Or um, are you using like a, just um, a, help me out here, um, a, like a laser bullet? Are you using the Oh, no, I, I, I own one of the laser cartridges. That helps a little. Um, I own one of the dry fire mags for my Glock 19. Um, that That's actually been good. How do you like that? I well, I'm waiting for their new one to come out. Um, that it that works. It's a smart dry fire mag that works with the laser mm-hmm. cartridge that they sell. So it turns mm-hmm. basically any pistol as long. I mean, as long as the model that they cover, um, into a cert gun. <laughs> I'm sure. Well, the way they the way they made it sound, they will be rolling out a lot of new models now that this this is rolling out. This has been their main focus. Um, I know right now they cover Glock, M and P, Sig, and I think Springfield. Okay. Um, I'm sure with the popularity of staccato in the last two years taking off the way it has, it'll, it won't be far off. Um, it's been great. You know, uh, you get to work on trigger reset cadence, right? Uh, I'm still mm-hmm. for whatever reason, the hang up between round five and six on like a bill drill is okay. I, I, you know what I mean? So working on stuff like that, working on multiple rounds, uh, on dry fire targets and things. And I, again, it's not, it's not hundred percent realistic, but you get that audible and that tactile, you know, uh, mm-hmm. input that information from it. That I bought it right after lockdown. Great, great purchase. And that's actually okay. Speaking of that, because um, I was going to ask you about it, because uh, now you are a Glock and M and P armor. And yeah. when I uh, when I right at same time I bought the the dry fire mag, I actually bought a mm-hmm. uh, Ghost trigger kit to put in my okay. Glock. Okay. And uh, so I did it myself, not realizing that they gave me the ghost connector that had to end up being custom fit. So, oh, yeah, had um, a little, little, little yeah, work on it. I did not. Um, so <laughs> I wound up ordering the connector, uh, the appropriate connector that was a, a drop-in one. And uh, basically, long story short, the one, the first shop that I ended up taking it to. Uh, assembled the gun and it was not working correctly. Um, okay. Like dead trigger. Like the trigger would reset, but it wouldn't, you know, engage the striker. And all from the all. And this was the Glock. Yeah, just a Glock, Glock 19. And I was like, okay, this is kind of this is kind of fucky. Like Glocks are supposed to be easy. This is supposed. I didn't have any problems when I did it myself. Uh. Uh-huh. So I got it back and I took it and this was a place locally that they just like, yeah, bring it in. We'll look at it. And they're like, oh yeah, that'll, that'll fix it. And it, it didn't. So then I took it to an actual gunsmith. I paid 50 bucks. It took them probably about 30 minutes. And I was like, what, what happened? Like, oh, it was just improper reassembly. 
And the best I can figure is when they went to put it back together, they inserted the safety plunger and the extractor tab on you know the outside of the slide. I don't okay. actually know the correct names for a lot of these parts, by the way, so you have to bear Good with time. me a little bit. But um, they did they messed with all that without actually mm-hmm. pulling the striker or anything out of the back of the slide. Oh. I, I think I read somewhere online it can capture the striker when you do that, and that's why it won't reset the trigger or something. Um, Interesting, because like whenever I've done like trigger trigger jobs and all that kind of stuff, it's I don't I don't mess with the striker and that kind of stuff. You know, just pull the lower off and um, just install it. But I'm also I, I have one ghost trigger, um, but I'm also like just an OEM Glock minus connector guy. So well, I will be in the going forward um mm-hmm. and that was the only reason i effed with anything uh on the this slide was because ghost when you buy that trigger that trigger kit or whatever from them it okay. includes a different spring for your safety plunger um, okay and a different spring for your that goes on the striker itself um which i don't know that any of those are really necessary but uh it's supposed to reduce your trigger weight a little bit and kind of clean it up and it's just a total, total and complete calamity. And I don't really know, unless you bought a Glock secondhand or you just, you got what you could find and it came with a New York trigger that was like 10 pounds. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I don't necessarily know that it's actually uh, worth it to, to deal with all that bullshit is, yeah. is a real big pain in the ass. Pardon me, I'm about to make a little bit of noise. I'm going to make another cocktail. So you drinking something dark. What you drinking today? Oh, uh, this is the last of um, my ancient, ancient age uh, tenure, uh, which I got when I was on a trip to Ohio, where everything is very much, uh, it's government controlled pricing there. So I went in, uh, oh, it was amazing. I went during uh, bourbon allocation season, right? And um, while I was down there, I kind of looked for a couple things for my brother and I can't. There you go. Yep, there you go. I mean, when I, up here, got it for me. Uh, it cost me fifteen bucks for the liter when I bought it. Uh, <laughs> I was, um, and it's the same mash bill as Blanton's, which everybody loves mm-hmm. Blanton's. And uh, so I tried it at my brother's house, and then when I found it in uh, Ohio, I was like, for fifteen dollars for a liter? Like, yeah, absolutely, Amazing. I want some of that. So, what state are you in right now? Uh, I'm in Michigan. Here, Michigan. So I have been, I got into bourbon probably three years ago. Um, and I did not realize, sorry if this is making a lot of noise, you can get some ice. Um, I did not realize the market of bourbon in Florida. Um, apparently, we are the largest bourbon consuming state right now. Did not really? realize that. Yeah, uh, my buddy's no, like super it into it. Yeah, he's super into it. He's like, yeah, Florida's in the top. Uh, as far as consuming bourbon and then Hillsborough County, I mean, Pinellas County is the next county over is the highest consuming County in the state of Florida. So trying to find anything Buffalo trace product is damn near impossible. Oh no, we have that by the, by the bus loads up here. You can find Buffalo trace anywhere, really? everywhere here in Michigan. Oh yeah. We get it. We used to, we get a, I mean, I a shitload. We get it for 25 bucks, but now I can't even find it. Oh no, we get it for uh yeah, around thirty bucks, twenty five, thirty bucks for Buffalo Trace. Um Can you get Eagle which, Rare? No. That I was just gonna say Eagle Rare is hard to find for us. 
when you do find it, it's usually it's supposed to be like MSRP. I think thirty bucks. It's um, yeah, I think when I find it, it's usually around thirty-five or forty, which I don't really mind paying a little extra if I can get it. Um, We used to at one point be able to find it pretty common, um, but I I don't know what the hell happened. Um, That was when I I couldn't find when I was in Ohio either, but I did find a bunch of uh, uh, Weller. I came back with like three bottles of Weller uh, Antique really? 107. I can't find any. Um, I came back with two bottles of uh, Weller Special Reserve. Uh, and, and we, on our way back, right? So we went down. I don't know if you ever uh, watched stand-up comedy at all, but um, my wife got us tickets to go see Burt Kreischer in Cleveland. I know Burt Kreischer, yeah. Yeah, and uh, so we went and saw him. And on the, the trip back up, we we drove all over, um, stopping at grocery stores and liquor stores and stuff um, hunting for, for Weller 107. So, uh, my brother got a bottle, I got a bottle and then she grabbed one and her coworkers, all, they split the cost of it. Like, I, I don't know, a couple different ways for their boss who's really into okay. bourbon. And, uh, but the nice part is that, uh, that 107, which I don't know if you've ever bought one in Florida, in Michigan, been able to. in Michigan, they go for close to 200 bucks a bottle. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I paid 50 bucks. <laughs> uh, for it, and then the, I mean, the special Bland, reserve was twenty five. Oh, really? A bottle of Bland in Florida goes for about two hundred. What? Mm-hmm. What? People pay two. I mean, I'm on a, a whiskey exchange on Facebook that I just kind of watch, and it typically people will spend anywhere between one hundred fifty to two hundred dollars for it. And I'm like, I, I'm I'm not doing that. No, I have um, I have two bottles of Blantons in my basement right now that I'm looking at. One I bought at a grocery store for sixty bucks, which is about MSRP. And then the other one I bought for 80, but that was, um, the local liquor store that we, that we go to has, uh, we'll do barrel picks and stuff. Um, so it was, uh, it was his, his pick, uh, and, uh, it was 80 bucks for that and both fifths or whatever. So, um, yeah, I don't, I'm not real big on spending more than $80 on some booze. I'm not, it's not my thing. I mean, I've got. I think the most expensive retail bottle that I have right now is Jefferson Ocean, one of the voyages um, that was given to me as a gift, and I really enjoy it. It was like, it was like 78 bucks or something like that for it. Um, the age that uh, sea stuff, yeah. really good. But that's like my, I, I, I will not spend that kind of money. Like, I'm not, if I find a bottle, like, I was able to get a bottle of Blanton's at my local grocery store at Publix, and I put my name. And they called me like three months later. I completely forgot about it. Like, hey, if you want it, it's you know retail. And I was like, cool. Um, but I won't. Um, I, I won't. I, the rat race that some guys do, no. and I see it on Facebook because I'm working from home and stuff like that. And some days I go to the office, and it'll be twelve thirty, and they're like, oh, X Y Z has a bottle, and it's halfway across town, like thirty nope. minutes away. I'm like, how are you doing that? Like, I'm not gonna do that in midday. Like, I can't. Like, I don't no, know my how my brother are doing does it. that. My brother will do really? that. He'll he'll sit there. Oh, he's he is big on bourbon. He's got his uh, his steward's certificate or license, whatever the hell they call it. Um, mm-hmm. He does. He's all on the tasting and stuff. Like he's got he's he's, he's gone out of his way and uh, gotten some some pretty hard to find stuff. Uh, you know, he's got a couple Blantons, but he's also got stuff like Booker's and oh. uh, uh, Stag Junior and. Um, just and all kinds of, and even some of the easier to find things, you know, different batches of Evan Williams, uh, single barrel. And, uh, he's, he's, he's really into it. Like 
the way I am with, uh, you know, like nylon gear and, and shooting and training all that stuff. It's like, he's beyond that with his bourbon and stuff. And, um, hey, whatever, whatever you're into, like I set my limit, kind of like what we talk about with cloning and stuff. Like I set my limit with that and I'll set my limit with, uh, with bourbon as well. I think you kind of have to, especially with how some of these prices fluctuate. Um, you know, we were talking about with ammo and, um, unfortunately I think now we're starting to see it with some of the nylon gear and stuff too, to it be, and I think it's because materials are getting so much harder to find, right? Like, um, with shipping concerns and things like that. I know there were a couple T-Rex arms live videos. They mentioned just being able to get, um, elastic was becoming increasingly difficult. Um, so the production on their, uh, chest rig, which I forget what their chest rig is called. And then their plate carrier, the, the AC one that uses elastic for the, the entire cummerbund, they, they couldn't get it. So mm-hmm. I think, you know, it's just, unfortunately, I think it's one of those, uh, self-inflicted side effects of the COVID mandates and things. And, yeah. um, you know, and that's, and, and it all kind of comes back into, the two way community, you know, where we end up suffering just because of some of the politicking behind it. And, um, you know, and that was something else that someone threw at me when they were, you know, Oh, you should be grateful that you're not getting bombed and don't complain about the price of gas. And this is what you get in a free market economy. And it's like, dude, do you understand what a free market economy is? Like, mm-hmm. that's just, <laughs> that's just supply and demand driving the market, which would be sweet mm-hmm. if, Y'all hadn't artificially inflated it with your uh, mandates that closed all the ports and drove demand through the roof on pretty much fucking everything. Yeah, I'm in the lumber industry, and it's so funny. I've been doing. Oh, you guys were the worst. Uh, Let me tell you about that. Okay, let me tell you about the lumber industry and how that happened. Um, It was very bizarre because I've been doing this for. um, I'm in the industrial side of things. I I design pallets, crates, packaging solutions, and all that stuff for for all sorts of manufacturers. So I deal with like cheap lumber, like number four, the economy grade is like the low of the low. Um, So what what happened with that was um, it was really interesting because no one talked about lumber. No one ever cared about what I did. And then out of nowhere, lumber's like on the news and all that kind of stuff. Like tripled in price, Um, yeah. Yeah. So so here's the weird thing about what happened with lumber. The cost of the log didn't go up. So we are a remanufacturer. I don't work for a lumber mill. Um, so we buy our lumber in two by four, two by six, two by eight, two by 10, four by four camps mm-hmm. and all that stuff. And then we process it down to like Home Depot and stuff. And then we manufacture things out of it. Um, that cost of the log trees don't cost any more money. So the mills raise their prices because the way the, the way it works is it's a very fickle industry. It's a lot like the gun industry. It's very fickle um, where what ends up happening is there's this publication that comes out twice a week and it's a collection. It comes out of the Pacific Northwest and it's a company that all they do is they call mills all over the United States every single day. And they say, what are you selling lumber for right now? And they create an aggregate and that's our market. That's our market price. We, we sell by the board. Uh, board Super scientific. Yeah. It's not, it's like, the most, <laughs> here's what happens is cause like market will be one price and then mills never want to keep lumber on the ground. So what ended up happening is we have our buyers that will call and they're like, hey, how many trucks do you have of XYZ? They're like, oh, we got 30, which is maybe a lot. I'm just using an arbitrary number. Sure. Um, and they're like, oh, you got a lot. And we'll lowball them. And they go, okay, 
and it'll be two or three hundred dollars per thousand below market. And then I will call another mill and hey, such and such sold for this much. Well, I'll do it for five hundred less because they have their number, and that number for the most part, costs have gone up a little bit, hasn't changed. Like they have their three hundred thousand, you know, whatever their number is that they have to hit. Yeah. Everything after that's gravy. So they jack the prices up, um, which costs us more than we have to pass co- the cost on the, the customers. But the, the point of what I'm trying to say is it was definitely supply and demand because what ended up happening, uh, the wood was there. We wanted the wood. Our customers wanted the wood, but we couldn't get trucks. That was the uh... issue. And this is in the South where trucking is very prevalent. But at one point in time, for every 90 loads of lumber, so full flatbed loads of lumber that was ready to, ready at the mill to ship out, was one driver available. So that cost went up because of trucking. It just yeah, it takes of- you longer to get it. You have less of it because you get shipments yep. less regularly. Yeah, yep. I mean, it all trickles down. I mean, it's... And to some extent, you know, I'm sure COVID mandates and mask mandates and all that stuff all played into all of this. And it, I think it's kind of hard to point the finger at any one thing other than just to say that the mandates were pretty much what changed everything. Um, the closures, uh, the forced closures of businesses. Um, it's just, you know, COVID, man, it really fucked with everything. And It really uh, did. You know, and even looking at things like lumber, right? I mean... It does. I mean, in some ways, a lot of people can look at it and say it doesn't really play into the two-way industry. I could say that's not necessarily correct. I mean, you, you do use lumber for target stands or barricades and um, places paper. that offer shoot houses. Um, oh, paper. Yeah, for targets and stuff. I mean, everybody shoots steel. Um, shooting steel is a shitload of fun. But yeah. uh, it's uh, most people shoot targets. So... And that's why, I, I mean, people talk about, you know, gas prices and stuff. I mean, we're going to see everything else is going to come up because yeah. the cost of transporting of transporting it's going to come up. Um, that cost has to be offset. So I'm uh, seeing it. I mean, I saw it today. You know, my cost to get a truck down to Miami was 500 bucks. Now it's 750 overnight. So a 50 percent increase. It, yeah. Overnight. Uh, just mm-hmm. it's unbelievable. And uh, we still won't open up the pipelines. Yeah. Do you think we'll see a because ammo prices have been slowly coming down? Do you think with the cost of fuel, we'll see a a red at the retail location? Do you think we'll see a little bit of a bump? I don't. I don't. I think we'll see that there that that slow um, that slow slide that we had going. I think we'll see that stop. Mm-hmm. I think the best we'll see for another couple months will be like sixteen ninety nine a box. You know, I think you I saw uh a couple places online i saw it um the cheapest i actually saw in person was remington whatever like the cardboard box it just says training ammo on it whatever Mm -hmm. um before thanksgiving last year i saw it for 22 dollars a box of 50 and um the last time i was actually in a cabela's they wanted 30 dollars for just uh winchester white box which is arguably my least favorite ammo out there because i've had more issues with that than any other brand, than Magtech, than Blazer, than you know anything. I've had, had more with issues. I love Blazer. If if I like Blazer better than I like Fiocchi, uh, than, I like than Magtech. I've not had a bad experience with Magtech. I haven't shot a ton of it. I will say that I've um, shot a lot of Magtech. A lot. I, I've I've shot a lot of Remington White Box and a lot of Blazer Brass, and I really like the way Blazer runs. I think it's just it's just it's my personal preference. Um, but no, What's I don't the most expensive you've seen. 
nine millimeter during all of this. <laughs> um, in person, like I, I have my number. What's your highest number that you've seen? Um, well, I stopped looking for a little bit, which is probably uh, thirty four ninety nine was the most I had seen it for. I saw forty nine ninety nine at a range for a box of fifty a dollar around. Oh, for at a, a range. Oh, range. yeah. No, range prices are range I mean, slash store. It was a store with a range. Yeah, but it's still they. Well, was it like was it um like an actual brand like like Remington or something or was it like Reloads or something they sold behind the counter? No, it was an actual brand. A brand. It was foreign. Um, I'm trying to remember. It was a red and black box. I'm trying to remember what it was. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, I I know that the range that I go to at my house is um, it's great. It's well lit. It's well ventilated. Um, I don't really love the range safety officers there because they won't let you take pictures or video, which. <laughs> kind of defeats the purpose for me going um but dude their ammo prices like oh yeah if you want to go shoot for half an hour it's 15 bucks or sorry it's 12 bucks if you don't buy ammo from them it's 15 Ugh. so it's like okay well what do you go what do you got going for a box of 50 rounds of nine mil and even at the best of times and i was paying you know 10 bucks nine bucks for a box of 50 of nine yep. millimeter right they were like 15 dollars a box and it was never like, yeah, we got this this stack of Remington back here. We got this stack of Blazer. It was always some weird fucking off-brand, uh, you know, reloads or remands or, or whatever. I'm like, no, dude, nope, miss me with that shit. I'll gladly pay the extra three bucks to not blow up my gun. Um, yeah. You have, you have me sign a release that I'm not going to sue when I use the range. Uh, so I'm not. Nah, I'll, I'll just pay it. I don't, I don't fucking care. I'll pay the premium. Yeah, I agree. The $3 is a lot better than 600 to replace my Glock or, you know, $200 for a new Glock barrel. If by some magic, the slide isn't fucked up, you know? Yeah. So speaking of guns, so anything, what, so you, you said you got a can, what, what's new in your gun repertoire since we last spoke? Anything, anything fun other than the can? Um, no, I haven't really purchased any new firearms per se. Um, I did after in, in January, the wife and I took a concealed carry tactics course together and uh, after that one, so there was about uh, two thirds of the class all ran dots on their guns. Mm-hmm. And uh, my wife and I were in the third of the class that didn't. And we did pretty well. Honestly, I, I would say we were probably both in the top five in that class of like 12 oh, people. Um, and I came in second in the contest we had at the very end. Uh, but. I just, you know, the guys that were shooting consistently well with me were all running dots and the instructor runs a dot. And like, I was like, you know, it's just, fuck it. I'm going to do it. So I like literally that was on a Saturday that, that Monday I went and dropped my slide off to get milled. I ordered mm-hmm. a 407 K for my 43 X. Mm-hmm. And, um, so now I, my 43 X went from basically stock with the exception of a metal mag release from hive and ameriglow sites now it's got a 407k on it it's got the tlr6 on it um mm-hmm. and i added the shield arms magwell cool which is actually are you running a shield arms mag oh yeah absolutely how, how good is it? I, i'm ready to get one so um i've got the staccato now and i'm going to give my girlfriend which she just took her because you're weapons class for florida we're about to submit her paperwork um i'm going to give her my 43x mm-hmm. um and I'm going to stick with the staccato. Um, how do you like, has that, was that shield mag uh, reliable? 
I had one malfunction with it, and that was just uh, a failure for the slide to lock back. Okay, that's not bad. I can deal with that. Well, I've never, I've not cleaned it either. I and it was a okay. Gen One. It was like the first generation they okay. rolled out because there was the Gen One, then there was like the Gen One and a half, which was like it's ambidextrous. Um, mm-hmm. They had to cut out for the mag catch on both sides, but it was still the thin Gen One base pad. And then there's the Gen Two, which has a thicker base pad. Um, I actually had to email them because the the mag wall that my wife got didn't really work with their Gen Two base pads. Um, now they want me to send, they want me to send the magwell back to them, which I, I, I may, it might just be out of spec. Um, but mm-hmm. they, they were cool about it. They sent for free. They sent me a gen sure. one base pad. I swapped it out. Works like a dream. No problem. Mm-hmm. Um, but in terms of like stove pipes, failure to feeds, uh, anything like that, I've not, I've not had okay. a, 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 any problems with my shield arm magazines. I know there are certainly guys out there that have, um, I haven't seen a ton though. I haven't seen a ton, but the the ones I have seen, it's usually the same couple guys that are like, "Oh, look, no fucking surprise, oh, another malfunction for my shield mm. arm." I'm like, dude, maybe you should just stop running it then. Like, maybe it's a bad mag. Call him up, get a new mag. I think he did. Um, I don't want to like flame the guy or anything, yeah. so I'm not going to say his name. But uh, he's always bitching about it. But every other, but every video over the last couple of weeks, couple of months, whatever, he's always just bitching about right. these shield arms mags, and it's like, dude. I mean, maybe you run them harder than they're meant to be run. I don't know. Maybe you need to clean them more often. I don't know. Uh, I mean, I don't know other anything other than what you put on Instagram, right? So, mm-hmm. um, but but my experience has been great. My wife runs a forty three X. She also has uh, the the S fifteen magazine. The one that she had during class was was fine. No problems with no that. Problem. Um, she now has a second one that she got as part, her birthday's tomorrow, actually. So. Uh, yeah, that's what she got as a, as a birthday gift. Um, so no real firearms upgrades. Um, it's just been, you know, like little things. And I did buy a new plate carrier. Um, What'd you get? same thing I had last time, <laughs> uh, feral slickster. I just went with, uh, I went to Ranger green, everything. The, uh, okay. the multi-cam black felt was starting to feel just like a little bit mall ninja for me. And I really just, uh, wanted to it, mm-hmm. it's something i wanted to do and it was kind of bugging me and i um beginning in like october i started selling all my disc golf stuff uh because i don't disc golf anymore so uh like we were just talking about right with the shipping problems uh, mm-hmm. a lot of disc golf discs are manufactured in sweden so mm. not able to get those into the country so it drove up the secondary market um and i have a good buddy who's a sponsored player and stuff and he runs a facebook page it's an auction group where you can post these and people will actually auction and bid on these discs. And so you made the money uh, on it, dude. Yeah, I made, I will tell you on money for, from selling Frisbees alone. Cause that's how I said it. I was, I'm, I'm going to hold myself to this. I got the just over $1,200 to do my can and tax stamp. I that's got awesome. uh, enough money to do a whole new Feral concept slickster and a, uh, I went with the RD, RDR gear, um, front placard. Mm-hmm. I, I apologize, Jeff. I can't remember the name of the, the placard. Um, and then I also got the, you know, shoulder pads that go with it. Um, and the last thing I bought myself was that new, uh, uh, true North concepts, uh, the drop leg mount that they came yeah. out with it. Like GBRS group was really, uh, hyping, mm-hmm. which I love. I fucking right. love it. It's so much better than the safari land mount. Um, but that stuff was all purchased with uh, frisbee money. 
That's awesome. And and I still have some more shit I'm trying to get rid of that I just just like um I just got exhausted dealing with it because it would be like you can only sell three discs on that page at a time. And it was like every day I was running the post office to mm-hmm. mail shit out. And, off, yeah. and it was like in the middle of the holidays too when people were I mean just massive lines and stuff. Lines, yeah. Like, fuck this. Man. I, I picked up the AC one or the AC Uno. Do you um, like it? I do. See, I was looking at that one. I, I, I really was. I do. I know. I know. T Rex arms. They're so. You either hate them or love them. I'm. I, I'm. I'm one of those guys that's in between. Some of the things they do can be. I mean, I, I personally. Again, this is again. I. I don't know if we should be talking about this, but I'm going to go out there and say you can edit it out if you want. Um, but um, I think T Rex. You know, he's young. Yeah. And given that he. He's an interesting dude because he's young and he says some things and he's got his opinion. He gets strong opinions, um, mm-hmm. but gear wise, I think I think he's done more good than harm for the two A community. I will say yeah, that. I would agree um, with that. But he's so far. I, I, I got a gray AC Uno. It was the one that allegedly were made in Mexico that they tore off the made in the USA, and they posted them up and they were cheap. And I was like, I'll give this a try. So I'm giving that a try because I've been like my my a lot of my gear is old school. Um, from like years ago, because I run on old. My old play carrier was a Mayflower. Um, that is ATC. old school. Yeah, it's an ATC. But I'm talking. This is like full like spear cut ammo that you know soft three A with a with a with a plate on it. It gets a lot of coverage, which I like for certain applications. Like if I'm in a car, if I had a bug out or whatever, I would yeah. wear that in the car because I don't have to move too much, and I I would like some pistol protection on the side. Sure. Um, sure. Well, and and I would actually give that to my girlfriend, um, and then throw on something a little bit slicker. I'd rather have her have. She's not gonna be running. If something was to happen, she's gonna be like in a car or whatever. Yeah. I, I'd give her a little bit more protection as far as against like, pistol on the sides and stuff, and up on the chest. It just, it just again, it has a lot. It's, it's a Leo cut armor, so it has a lot of. Um, three three a protection and i would throw on this um this ac1 that's just got you know the plate um, see i was i was gonna try i was gonna actually try and go with the ac1 because i like that it the back flap covers the cummerbund and yeah. stuff um but it just it took so long to come into stock and i was like you know yeah, what? i just happened to find it. it it popped up someone said something on instagram yeah. and i went and they i went click bye yeah, I got this probably the beginning okay. of January or something, and I just I was waiting and waiting and waiting, and I knew they were having issues getting them back in stock. Mm-hmm. And then they had like the two, the Multicam and the Multicam Tropic or Multicam Arid, I think, come in stock. I'm like, I really don't want Multicam. I have a Ranger Green belt and stuff. I'm like, come on. I so I I pulled the trigger. I went ahead and got the Slickster, and then like two weeks later or two weeks after I got it, then they got the Ranger Green AC ones mm-hmm. in stock. And I'm like, man, you know, but I, I had uh, the Slickster is not bad. I really do enjoy it. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, it is, it was cheaper. It was a little bit cheaper. That's fine. Mm -hmm. Um, Very comparable. I I don't necessarily Mm -hmm. think that the the T-Rex Arms one is going to be a whole lot better. It was just, you know, hey, I have a Slickster. I'd like to try this one. But, Mm -hmm. um, but now I still, I still have the multicam black stuff. Now I just need to uh, work on getting some armor for it because i took my uh my i got a pair of ace link uh level level three plates that uh they're like there's st- again uh stimulus money 
Um, they're like mm-hmm. three three point three pounds a piece. They're super lightweight, and I oh. love them. So I just need to either figure out if I want to get more of the same for this other carrier that I can like throw at my wife if something were to happen. Um, mm-hmm. I think my brother's getting ready to buy a pair of level fours from Battle Steel. Okay. Which is they're not actually steel plates. They're yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. they're ceramic and ceramic poly Will plates or polyceramic, poly. something like that. Um, Mr. Guns and Gear on YouTube did Talk a review on them and shot the shit out of those things. And I you know, I tell you for hundred and twenty bucks or hundred and thirty bucks a piece, five pounds a piece, less than a th- inch thick, I don't know that you could really do better. Um mm-hmm. I still told him he should probably go with the Hesco L210s just because it's a known quantity. But yep. I actually see. won some Hescos. Of course you did. Right. Dude, I don't win much. No, 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 no. I don't I, I it was so it's a local shop in the area down in uh Sarasota ish area and they were just doing a giveaway and I just like put my name on it and that was the end of it. Didn't think anything of it. And I get a message, um, like you won. I was like, so I got a pair of M two tens, so the multi curves. Oh wow! Uh, yeah, they're they're not cheap. They're like, no, they're really not. They're, I think they're like six or seven hundred dollar plates. Yeah. Um, and I was like, well, that's cool. I've only ever won two gun things, and both of them have been good. Like I won those plates, and then many, many, many moons ago on M four carbine.net, I won a Vickers edition rifle, his Daniel Defense. Um. But that's like 10 years ago. No, more than that. Like 11 years ago. Yeah, well, that's on when... Sunday, I won $100 on a scratch-off ticket. Dude, that's awesome. I'll that's... Take, I would take 100 bucks. Well, um, yeah, I'm but I don't win a... much stuff often. I'm going to take my wife on an overnight trip uh, coming up here for her birthday. So I'm like, sweet gas cool. money. <laughs> yeah, and like... Are you running a belt? Like a battle yeah. belt? Oh, yeah. Yeah, The I went with the TRX Arms Orion. Um with the uh that true north concepts uh drop mount um mm-hmm. the safari land 6354 do and then kiwi pouches and uh the t-rex was it uh the med one pouch mm-hmm. um i i try not to be a t-rex arms fan fanboy um put out but some I, pretty decent stuff yeah, no, I really do. I really do like the Orion. Um, I had one of their Gen One belts or, or Gen Two, mm-hmm. whatever it was, in Coyote Tan. And when they came out with the new one with the smaller Molly sections and stuff, I and it's more rigid and everything. So I jumped at that mm-hmm. before I got the plate carrier and everything. Um, and I really do like it. I really do. Mm-hmm. Um, I just for convenience, uh, I I know that the two piece belts are nicer. You know, with the inner belt and everything, it's just a pain in the dick. And I don't want to deal with it. So I went with the Orion. Um, when I took my first class last year in August, actually, uh, I, I wore the belt just because I, that's where I was carrying my my spare ammo. Because um, mm-hmm. it was carbine only, so I didn't need the holster. Uh, and I didn't quite understand how I really should size the belt. <laughs> so there's a, mm-hmm. I put three videos up. They all look, I mean, the shooting was okay. Um, but I look like absolute shit. My belt's like falling down my ass and everything. Mm-hmm. I'm like... Man, I never loaded this thing down with ammo all the way and mm-hmm. like and mm-hmm. ran around and did all this shit with it. I'm like, I'm really glad that I did it here in a class and at least I look like an idiot on the internet versus hey, uh, like, you know, a situation where my life may depend on it. Yeah. I'm gonna plug a company because those guys are great. Um, Wilder Tactical. They are. I actually I, I wanna give away with them when I help them name their uh 
the Cobra clutch, their mm-hmm. uh, Cobra buckle belt hanger, mm-hmm. which, I mean, all I do is help pick the name, and it seemed mm-hmm. pretty self-explanatory if anyone's ever watched professional wrestling. You know, Sergeant Slaughter and the Cobra clutch were like, that yeah. was like a thing. Speaking of professional, did you watch professional wrestling growing up? Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You see Razor Ramon dad? Yeah, I did see that. I, I love Scott Hall. Like, when I first started was when... Um, and this has nothing to do with the 2A, and I kind of love it. Yeah. Uh, when I first really can remember starting to really get into wrestling was right when Hall and Nash showed up on WCW, right yeah. before the NWO uh, you know, became a thing. And, like, I loved Scott Hall growing up. Uh, he was I one of my favorites. My today. That was, I remember wrestling with my sister as, a, like, a little kid. My sister's three years younger than me. Um, and I messaged her today. I'm like, hey, Razor Ramon died. She goes, no, that was her guy, was Razor Ramon, you know? And I saw that he had passed away from bad surgery, I guess. That he had blood clots from that hip surgery. Yeah, from, yeah, from blood clots from surgery. He's only 62. He's a year older than yeah. my dad. Um, Wild. It's it's sad, honestly. But a lot of those guys, you know, they him especially, they, don't, they didn't really take care of themselves and – um, I know he was one of the guys that went and hooked up with uh, Diamond Dallas Page and did his yoga and rehab thing. And yeah, um, actually, funny enough, last week Friday, my wife was online for like half an hour to make sure she could get tickets so that when All Elite Wrestling comes to Detroit in the end of June, we're we're gonna go fucking You're see going. it. You're going awesome. Hell yeah, dude! I love. We watch it every Wednesday night. I love it. I love it. It's great. <laughs> Sorry to interrupt. So you're going back to the the, the clutch. Yeah. Um, so they just put up a post on Instagram asking for the name, you know, Hey, what do you think it should be called? And like, I mean, you get all kinds of goofy names, like, yeah. like ultra hanger and you know, the Cobra hanger or whatever, or, you know, easy grip. I'm like, like, I'm like scrolling through comments. I'm like, it's not here. It's seriously not here. Like Cobra like, clutch. Yeah. Yeah. So me and one other guy I think commented on it and got that. So they, they were cool. They hooked me up. They sent me, um, a couple of like HK clips on uh, like some Velcro fabric that you can attach to a belt. Um, they're already sewn on with the Orion. So I put them on my wife's belt. Um, they sent me a couple of those Cobra clutches. They sent me a t-shirt. They're, they're pretty cool. They hooked it up. They're awesome. They, they sent me some stuff. I, I, I they, they did send me a minimalist belt to try out and to run and all that stuff. And I want to tell you one thing though, they've done a, uh, a giveaway with me. Uh, I gave away, I think it was like a eight, five thousand. I did one of their EDC belts, mm-hmm. uh, which I really like. Um, but I've been running this minimalist belt that I really like. Um, and just the other day, I bought like I spent my money. And I after I did that class, um, I was like, I need a better setup because I, I went super minimalist on the class. I literally went with just like an EDC belt. A I'm, I'm trying out that new or not? Ooh, I'm sorry, the old Omnivore Blackhawk. Don't don't. Oh. It's not bad. It's not bad, but there's minimal options Look, for the well, staccato. I don't want to call you a liar. I just want to say that I don't believe you when you say that it wasn't that bad. I'll tell you. So the issue that I ran into was I was running it on a Safari Land paddle, and okay. drawing was really hard with the way the thumb actuation is. It was not easy. I needed it dropped down. I didn't run it dropped down just a smidgen. Um, so that was an issue with it was just actuating that, mm-hmm. you know, that button is huge on there. It is gigantic. It's weird. It's weird. I will say that it's real. Now the holster held up. It locks, it locked for the purpose. Again, let me preface this for the purposes of my class. 
I had no issues with retention. Let's just leave it at that. Um, no issues. I did have issues getting a good grip and defeating the retention. I will say I had issues with that. And then I ran a, again, mishmash of gear. I ran a uh, Blade Tech belt, uh, mag holder along with... Wow. That's the, some old school shit right there. Yeah, I've got a lot of old school gear, man. I've been doing this for a minute. So, And then a uh, the Wilder Tactical Speed Feed magazine. So I was running different things, and I was a hot mess. I was a disaster. But I did it on purpose because I wanted to shake down some gear you know, and the way I was thinking, it was like, okay, if, if things were to go sideways and because I had a weird close call and I, and again, during the BLM protests yep. and riots, the summer uh, of I love, live, yeah, summer of love. So I live in St. Pete, Florida. I've never heard of it. Um, we're mm-hmm. in the Tampa Bay area. Um, we've had riots in the past. I think in the early, it was in the nineties. We had some race riots and all that kind of stuff. And like, I know some guys that were cops, like one of the, one of my guys I know, he was, helicopter pilot for the county and he got like fired upon like he had holes in his helicopter Jesus like he got spicy for yeah for a few weeks in the 90s so um things could happen so i mean i live in a good area most st pete's great I, I love this city i really really do um but again i'm second guessing now my girlfriend gonna be my fiance in the short period of time if she's listening um uh-huh. <laughs> is um we're like really considering our future. I'm like, I need to get out and I want land. Like I'm looking at like five plus acres and I'm, I'm, I really want to get out of the city, even though I love the city I live in. I really do. But the whole point um, was I was trying to set myself up where if things were to go sideways and I only need I can only grab a few things in a pinch. Yeah. It, it would probably be a mishmash of my gear. I'd grab like my plate, my plate carrier, my staccato, a Glock, my AR, and, and go and then I, I would just have a bag and I probably again thinking it through I probably need to organize myself a little bit better because I've got mm-hmm. a lot of gear and a lot of a lot of my gear's old dude like check this out yeah I mean it's if it if it works it, it doesn't I mean, matter old, but old Vikings tackle tactical Brookos belt it works really good but it's an old blade tech holster like a lot of my gear's old dude those uh, th- those old super thick battle belts were they're actually kind of comfortable, but they're just, they get in the way. They do. Um, that was my so, first one as I, I bought one of the Condor ones when I didn't know anything about anything. One of the, the seven TS series Safari line holsters for my M&P. Mm-hmm. And I, I was still running mag pouches uh, from, I think they were Condor. They had like the Velcro flaps on the top and everything. And I'm going to get it. And I, my buddy, Sam. Um, who's been on the pot a ton and everything he's he's still all about the velcro retention he's like oh yeah you're gonna want that if you fall down a hill i'm like why don't you go ahead and look out the door and you tell me where you find a hill i'm gonna fall down and <laughs> then i'll worry about it um now that there's not merit to that it's just you know in my i, I live in a very urban area very <laughs> urban and we're Damn. not far from the water so all of my Damn. shit has drainage on it so that's more what i'm worried about <laughs> not necessarily like falling down a cliff face or rolling down a hill or, you know, shit like that. And, and most of the pouches today, I think the Kiwi stuff especially does a pretty good job with, with retention. Um, You really don't have to worry about it too much. And that's the props to the wilder gear. You know, um, like I said, I've got that minimum belt that they sent me to test out and just kind of run and all that kind of stuff. Um, After that class, I was like, all right, doing it. I hit them up. I was like, hey, listen, what do you recommend for this? Of your lineup, what do you recommend for just like a pistol setup? They said X, Y, Z. I said, okay, cool. 
So I went on their website, bought a whole bunch of stuff, used my money. It wasn't like an Instagram thing or whatever. I'm like, I mean, most of my stuff I pay for. You know, I may get a yep. few things here and there. I'm gonna be Me very too. upfront about that. Like, I, I'll never put something out on my Instagram of something that I, that I won't just show for a company. I'll try something out, and if it's crap, you will never see it. You'll yeah. never know about it on my Instagram. You will never, never, never know. But those guys make quality gear, and I went and spent a bunch of money on. Again, I'm for my name concept gray. I didn't. I don't have any gray gear, so I bought that gray one. Yeah, I bought the AC Uno in gray, and I went and bought all their new, um, all the new Wilder stuff that's got the fabric on it. Yeah, and yeah. um, and I spent my money on it because I they, they make a great product. So if you're ever looking for something to test around or, or try, they make great gear, man. It's coming. I mean, like I said, the, the minimalist belt that I have is great. The pouches, um, it's really cool because they have, you know, the Kydex. And it's mm-hmm. got fungi retention, so you can adjust it to any yeah. mag size. You, so you go from 1911 single stack to, you know, a staccato double stack mag. And it's, it doesn't take much to adjust if you want it. You can add more retention. So, so far, gear-wise, I've really enjoyed their stuff. They make a great product. They're really easy to deal with. Um, they're just they're good guys. I, I got to meet some of, their, some of their guys not too long ago. Not too long ago, no, last year. Again, COVID, time and perception has changed a it's lot. It's totally um, different. But it's totally different people. I mean, they put a good product out and um, I really recommend it. I really, really recommend the wilder tactical stuff. And, and this is like, they don't pay me any that kind of stuff. Um, it's just me spending my money on their gear um, for yeah. the most part. No, but that's, Make that's good, stuff, good to know. You know, I mean, there's, there's so much shit out there, right. That, you know, you talk about the Blackhawk omnivore, for example, it's right. I mean, bad. there's just, there's so much, there's so much just stuff like out there. And, if, oh God, no, please no. Um, I mean, but it's, it is, if you're getting into it and you don't know, um, it is, it is hard, especially when you get into the higher end, well, not only higher end gear, but, um, things like battle belts, uh, plate carriers, chest rigs, there's so much shit out there. And you know, how the, how the fuck is a normal person supposed to understand like, Hey man, you don't need all like, yeah, you could go out and spend $350 on an Eagle Industries chest rig because it's Eagle and it's made really, really well. Or a Tactical Tailor or something. Or what's the other one? But, um, First Spear. Yeah, exactly. Great stuff. Great quality. It's going to last you forever. You probably, you, you may not need it though. It may be beyond your needs. Like, and if all you need is something to carry ammo and maybe like one admin pouch to carry like a map or a compass or something like you don't need the full get up with the saddle bags on both sides and all the extra shit and to mm-hmm. hold 12 magazines. Like now, if you're somebody who has been through military training and that's how you like to run your kit, because that's how you know how to run your kit and you have the supplies to fill that all out and you know how to manipulate your weapon system around it. More fucking power to you. That's not yep. me. That's not what I'm looking for. So I agree. You know, it's you know, and it, it's it's good to to understand who's who you can go to and look to for quality gear because people like choices. You know, Wilder Tactical. I'm trying to find a placard now. I bought the AC one, and I need to yeah. find a placard that I need to run. Like I'm looking at the Haley stuff because I have an old school Haley rig oh, so where it had like a very weird. It's 180 bucks, man. Yep, it's a lot of money. Yeah, and I'm like I'm trying to find like a blend of. You know, three to four mags, and then something for med because I, I I've been really getting into the med stuff lately. I've been really trying to focus on that. Like I've got a few of my certs, like you know, first responder, CPR. I wanted mm-hmm. to stop. I was supposed to do a stop the bleed class, 
and there was literally I set one up with my girlfriend and I I had one set up that I was gonna go to and then she was like, Well, I wanna do that too and I was like, Huh? Really? She's like, Yeah, I think that's important. I'm like, Okay, so I canceled my class, set one up, and then COVID. So I I need to get back into trying to find a local class. It's on the list for us as well. My wife really wants to take one of the stop the bleed courses. And, um, I mean, honestly, if you're looking for a placard, I mean, I would, I would say at least check out the RDR gear placard. It's got, yeah, it's got, um, like how the spiritist one has one big long pocket across the front, um, Mm -hmm. which you have to then buy either the full flap or the two, the, the half flap to cover (laughs) separately. The RDR gear has two separate pockets in the front and it comes with, uh, the two flaps to cover them. So like on mine, I have a triple mag insert in the back for five, five, six, but the two pockets in the front, um, one of them, I put a double pistol mag insert in it and I just carry like a streamlight flashlight and a Mm multi-tool. Um, and there's even still room in there. So I think I shoved for now. I have like a couple chem lights in it or something just to take up space. But then the other okay. pocket that actually folds over, I think I shoved, I have two packages of, uh, MRE chocolate chip cookies. Um, okay. And, uh, it's just, it's, I like that it has the separation there rather than just being one big, huge pocket, like what Spiritus does. And, mm-hmm. um, and also I think they're the RDR elastic insert for the triple five, five, six is a little bit looser than the spiritus one okay because um, that was my big bitch about that and I've, i have a couple from spiritus and i i just hated i have to like it took me like six months to break those things and i was fighting to get the magazines in really I was fighting to get the magazines out once you break it in it's it's fine it's it's a non-issue um but the rdr gear one i maybe the, it's just you're talking like millimeters more of clearance but um noticeably more convenient not okay. and out, not to the point where you think you're gonna lose or anything um but um, maybe it's just a, a, a hair bigger or something. Okay. Um, but I, yeah, I mean, uh, Jeff and, and RDR gear, uh, solid, solid setup there. They work with the guys at 1911 syndicate. Um, oh, okay. I was actually Those looking at cool. Um, they they yeah. tend to be, they've they like a love hate relationship. I know that people who love them or hate them and uh, Chris seems like a cool dude. I'd love to meet those guys, but they, they got a good thing awesome. going on. Yeah, we're we're uh, we're working on touch and base uh, for another episode really uh, soon here to go over cool. some stuff on suppressors. Um, he's working with CGS now, and then I think it's really cool how they found a way to like pull their day job of being realtors into yeah, the gun industry. Stuff. Yeah, it's super cool. Yeah. No, they're they're super super nice guy. I actually haven't had an opportunity to meet Jake, but um, if he's anything like Chris, probably a stellar stellar guy. So yeah, I mean the community's great, man. There's all sorts of people out there that I've you know I've met and or talk to and stuff like that. That's, that's cool. They that got something going on with them. Good stuff. Yeah, no, he's, uh, he's doing pretty, pretty well for himself. And, um, honestly, I, if I knew more about it at the time, I might've even gone with the CGS can because I hear so mm-hmm. many th- good things now, but, uh, um, I'm a yeah, surefire fan boy. <laughs> um, I am too until they're $400 more than the competition just because they're named surefire. And then I'm like, uh, carbon lock. Uh, I, don't I know. got, see, I went into it cause I was in the industry and I was able to get deals. Like this is like, this goes way back. Like my first can was uh, a seven, six, two mini. That's been like my workhorse can. I put it on my five, five, six gun. I put it on my seven, six, two gun. And they used to give really, really good deals for people in the industry. Um, would I buy one now? Probably not. They're expensive. That's why I went with that air. Uh, I mean, I, I heard yeah. that the chemo system is really, really good. Mm-hmm. Um, now, I mean, I, I currently have Surefire muzzle devices. I run a Warden on my, my mm-hmm. 11 and a half inch. So um, 
I like their lockup system. Uh, I have heard that it is very uh, prone to carbon locking. And then it's like, yeah. hey, just unlock the collar and fire around through it and watch it go flying yeah. down the range. I'm like, so yeah, I did a if, class. What and about I had to do that. indoor range, though? And then you got to stop everybody so that the range officer can go get your $1,200 can and, that uh, you just shot down the range. <laughs> so here's the thing I only experienced that after running a gun. So I ran my Danny Defense um vickers gun in a class and then shot it i i i think it was about eight thousand eight to ten thousand rounds before i cleaned it and then i ran a costa class it was a low light no light class and surefire was there and they're okay. like on the can because i had a surefire muzzle, uh closed time fire uh flash hider and i ran their can he's like here run this can this can for the three-day class so i ran a three-day class and never took it off until <laughs> time to go home and yeah. that sucker did not want to, we had to launch it down the range, but my muzzle device had 10 plus thousand rounds without cleaning. Oh and, yeah, no. And 3000, about 3000 rounds with the can actually on the, on the muzzle device. So, you know, about 7,000 rounds, no can, and then 3000 rounds with a can. So it had a lot to do it. And yeah, it definitely carbon locked. I mean, I experienced it. I was like, wait, you want me to shoot this can that's not mine into this berm? <laughs> you can yeah. do it. I was like, I, again, I was at the time pretty green into gun stuff. And I was like, nope. I handed him my rifle. I said, you do it. You break it. You buy it. You're, you're the surefire rep. You can do it. Um, I'm not going to do it. He's like, no, no, don't worry about it. I'm like, okay. But yeah, it did carbon lock on me. Yeah. I mean, and I don't know if I'll shoot that much that I'll, it'll be a, a real issue for me. An issue. Hopefully, but uh, I haven't I had an issue. So running my 7.62 on my Mark 18, um, on my bolt gun, on my LMT for the last five years of that kind of stuff, I have not run into any issues. But I've also not run my Mark 18 in the class. So there's that as well. So I, I definitely think the frequency and your round count is definitely important, but at this moment, I've not run into an issue other than that class with a muzzle device that had a lot of rounds through it. Well, I mean, at least it stood up. That's the, that's the big thing. I'd rather have to deal with that issue of you know struggling a little bit to get it off than to have a can that's that's either poorly made and performs poorly or um, low quality control, baffle strikes. I mean, after you wait all that time for your stamp and everything. So, I mean, end of the day, it's not... It's not, it's not the end of the world. It's just, uh, yeah. you know, I looked yeah, at I it and it's, you know, hey, um, you're going to save money. Um, I think that the price difference was somewhere between three or $400 between the Sandman S and the um, the SOCOM Mini or something that, uh, whichever one that Silencer Shop did mm-hmm. have in in stock at the time. Um, and then the lockup system, I, I just heard from more than one person that um, it, it was less prone to the carbon locking. I was like, well... Okay you know cool i cool. can yeah that'll work for me but yeah i mean shot but i shot quite a few cans but i have not shot a sandman yet my buddy's got one and i need to shoot his um to give it a try because i'm like i'm getting the itch for another can but i want to go the nine millimeter route oh yeah pistol cam yeah, yeah. I, wanna, I want i want an mp5 i really really want an mp5 i've been like joe's in one and I was actually going to get, like, um, I bought an AK. I went to the dark side and I bought an AK. It's disappointing to hear. 
It's so just. I mean, I'm gonna go grab it. I'm not gonna lie. This I thing is kind of cool. Um, it's an it's an arsenal. Uh, it was a buddy of mine that was like selling it, and yeah. I got a rock star deal on it, and. It was either an MP5 or an AK, and then the deal was, like, way too good for me to walk away from, like, okay, I can always get an MP5 clone, but this right now, I'm like, I'm going to grab this. And yeah, I don't, but I mean, now you got to buy 7.62 ammo. And well, then... The deal came with some ammo. So it came with, like, eight, uh, 600 rounds of ammo. So I'm good for a minute. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. But, I mean, if this whole thing with Russia never blows over, I mean, where are you going to get your ammo from? It doesn't come from Russia. Like Wolf comes from. Um, no, the label says uh, <laughs> it says Russian. A lot of it doesn't it. come from. Uh, yes, yeah, some of it does, but apparently a lot of it comes from. Uh, what was again? I'm not an AK guy, so the folks listening, please don't butcher me. But I saw something and I was like, wait, this isn't actually made in Russia. It's a, it's a Russian block, you know, Soviet block country. But I was actually surprised to see where it came from. Huh. Well, After, okay, then maybe then maybe you'll be completely fine. Other than but the fact that guarantee anything though, it doesn't guarantee anything. Well, I mean, other than yeah. the fact that when when shit pops off, you're in your old school uh, armor vest and your AK, you're gonna look like one of the guys from the North Hollywood shootout instead right? of a good guy. Absolutely, but... I'm gonna I'm look like what was it, Emil Monteranu and was it Gary Phillips? I think those two guys. I have no idea. Emil Monteranu, were were the two dudes. I'm, um, I'm impressed that you actually know one of their names. I just. Uh, Whenever I think of that, I mean, I'm aware of what happened, but I just think of the the beginning of the movie SWAT, and um, speaking of know. SWAT, I'm building a SWAT clone now. Oh, the the Colt, uh, Colt M4s, yeah, with a big Surefire turbo lamp, the 300 yeah. lumen light on the handguard. Yep, it's like it's like molded into the maybe. <laughs> yeah, it's like molded into the the knight's handguard, yeah. and you have yeah. a 900 micro ACOG on it or mini ACOG, whatever. I am actually cloning that. I'm I'm trying to find a deal on an ACOG, but good. I'm next, I'm jealous. I year. I I for a long time and would still, I would jump on the ability to clone that gun if it were not for the price of that ACOG. So here's the thing. All right, so now we're, we've circled back to clones, and I want to go there because we were talking about it, and I missed my opportunity because we kind of segued conversation wise. But back to the clone stuff. Let's talk about carry handles. And how awesome carry handles are. Mm, yeah. How what awesome they are? They are awesome. Let's let's trend and I'm gonna shout out to the, the carry handle gang and you know all no, those carry handle life. Now hear no. me out. What's popular right now? Retro shit. But what's what's popular right now as far as mounts? Uh, the one nine threes and stuff, the mm-hmm. the Unity risers, the mm-hmm. overbore systems, the yeah, basically carry handle height. Absolutely. Yeah, but I run at Eotech, so I don't need that. Eh, well. Otherwise, you're looking at like four inches of uh, height over yeah. board. Yeah, Eotech, I, I run eight points and all that kind of stuff. But um, it like carry hand. It's so funny because like it, I think it's some of nostalgia. But I had a buddy of mine that I was trying to help shoot, and I was running a one third mount with him on a name point and it was like the struggle bus for him. He just couldn't get into the gun. Yeah. It was the weirdest thing. And I mean, I, I definitely understand that to an extent because of how you have to get behind the gun and 
the higher mounts do help with that, but I, I just the carry the aesthetic behind the carry handle. Oh, the aesthetic I love. No, it's oh, I love the aesthetic. It's so, I mean, it, for specific things like if you're cloning like a Gordon carbine or the gun from the movie SWAT, right? That setup, okay, fine. And I love those because I love them. I love those movies, not necessarily because I sure. love those guns. Now I see some of these guys that have like the Daniel Defense wrist two rail and no front sight post, but then they have it on an upper with a carry handle. And I'm like, what What the fuck are you doing here? You know, stop it. I, it's stop like my it. Post, I, did, I did my LVLA, which I have now sold. Um, I sold my LVLA. I, I, never, I never shot it, and it was like, it was a novelty. I'll be 100% honest with you. I, saw, I sold to a guy that's into them. Um, he's got a whole bunch of them. But I, I, I took a picture, and I put an LVLA with a carry handle and front sight in a... Next front side post. It was like it was like dividing by zero. Like the universe was imploding. Um, <laughs> it made people it made people very upset. Yeah, um, I I can imagine that the purists on both sides of that being. What oh, are you doing? Awful. They're like, what are you doing? But I will tell you one thing. My, one of my favorite rifles to shoot though, though now is my twenty inch A four. No, really? It, it is. A pleasure to shoot. Well, yeah, it's so damn heavy. You can't feel any recoil. Not heavy. You shouldn't. Not heavy. It's not heavy. The handguards really? are plastic. The stock is plastic. The only barrel, like the barrel, is not that heavy of a profile. The government profile barrel barrel is not that heavy. It is an easy shooter. It is a pleasure to shoot. Now, is it wieldy in like a tight environment? <laughs> no, um, absolutely not. No, it's not. But as a rifle, it is so good to shoot. Like I can shoot that rifle really, really fast with just an A2 flash hider, iron sights. It's it's a very easy rifle to shoot. Yeah, I don't know if I would. I, you're like, I uh, no, you're dumb. No, nope. okay. I don't know if I could get behind that. I don't know. It's just it's so long and unwieldy, and and it never looks good, no matter what optic you put on it, and. It's it's not my optic gun. Like I don't put an optic on it. Well, no, it's kind of blaspheming to to do that. But I mean, you no, I mean, on it, but I I don't know. I, I guess I I mean I I don't mind it. But at the end of the the day, like the stuff that got me into wanting ARs and all that stuff was all the global war on terror guns. So like when I first found out what a Mark eighteen was, and I was like, man, I have to have one of those. What it what is that? Or you know, like yeah. a um, HK four sixteen. You know, like I would, I would go with something if you're going off uh, off aesthetics. You know, um, let alone functionality, which I would assume, you know, newer guns better. Not necessarily always the case, Matt, but I gotta for that gun, I have to tape a light to it if I wanted that light. I have to tape it to it. You know, you can use some worm clamps. Yeah, I can do that. Um, <laughs> I think yeah. I, I think I've seen a bunch of pictures of that. People like worm clamping onto those plastic handguards. Uh, just old, old, mm-hmm. uh, you know, uh, mag lights and stuff yeah, like wrapped lights, in rubber yeah. and stuff so it didn't rattle around and everything. I, I took a picture. I took uh, an old Surefire and I, I used an Arcane Concerted uh, bungee clip. It just like bungeed onto it. It actually worked pretty good. <laughs> I'm sure you got a lot of love good. for that one too, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, like again, all my, like, whenever I take a photo, just take a look. Some of the stuff is subtle. Some people catch on it. Some people don't. Like I'll do some like wacky stuff just for funsies. And like that's the other part of like the gun industry that or the gun stuff that I like I, I I take it very serious. Like it's protection, but like for yeah. Instagram and all stuff, it's not the real world. So 
So I like to have, I, I kind of use it as like, just to have some fun and just be like, okay, this is kind of fun. Would I do it? Why not? In the real I mean, world now? there's definitely those guys out there that, that look at the stuff that people are doing seriously. And, you know, like I posted a picture last week, um, of my wife and I or a video, right. Of us dry firing together. It's something we're trying to do together, mm-hmm. hold each other accountable type thing. And you mm-hmm. all, I mean, you always get those random assholes from Instagram, like, Oh no, good job. Watch out for the mailman. It's like, all right, dude, like clearly a little bit out of context here. So good for you for being the asshole on the internet today and move along. I hope you're having a great, mm-hmm. uh, you have a great life. I mean, yeah, that's, like, that's definitely a thing is like the internet. Like we talk, you know, it's become a great platform, but you're right. There's, there's someone's always got an opinion and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. It's just, I just roll with it. I'm just like, okay, whatever. I, uh, I got into it. I didn't get into it with somebody, but someone posted something and like, you're really doing that. Oh, that's what it was. You know what? Maybe you can crucify me for this too. But um, <laughs> it was in my staccato, and um, it was one of the reels I did. I was kind of playing around with reels. And one thing that you'll see in my photos, and M57 Firing Device, you follow him? Yes. Yes. He, he, blew, he blew up. He's, he's a good dude. And he's always, he knows the right from the get-go. I always leave my safety, hammer back safety down. Always. That's just my thing. Just because <laughs> I can and I um, it was actually with this gun, but I did the reel with the staccato, and yeah. I had safety down because I, I, I cocked it, loaded it, and I put it in the magazine, and I had my hand over the barrel. And I didn't drop the safety yet. And this guy like came after me over it. I'm like... Dude, at least you had somebody that, like, what they were coming after you was was grounded in some kind of fact or accepted rule and practice. Um, mm-hmm. Usually when I get guys coming after me, it's like, uh, honestly, it's usually, it's it's some kind of asshole calling me fat, honestly. More often than really? not. Really? Swear to God. Swear to God. Mm-hmm. I had a guy come after me and uh, send me multiple angry posts one weekend because um, he left a real shitty pair of messages on one of my dry firing videos. And then I like copied it and like blacked out his name, put it on my story. And um, I was like, people like this, what's wrong with the industry? They probably don't think you should own armor either. Um, mm-hmm. If you know, you're not going to be constructive. You should probably just keep, you know, something, something like that. Yeah. And, um, he sent me some very angry messages about how I was a giant piece of shit. And he would take his 12 year old cousin over me in a fight, uh, called me like a worthless fat son of a bitch. And, um, what, like what grounds, like what was the basis of all this? No idea. It was a video of me dry fire practicing. Like it wasn't, it wasn't, you know, I was doing a transition drills or something and just telling me that I'm not a sheep dog, which wasn't used in my post. I don't think I've ever used the term sheep dog to, to describe myself. I actually kind of hate that, but I, am um, not a fan of that term. And then, uh, kind of just went off from there. Like, you, you know, you'd be, you know, you're worthless in a real fight. You're not going to know what you're going to do without a gun. I'm like, Dude, I think you're reading a little bit far into into this. Like, it's a video of me practicing with a firearm. It's not contextual at all. Like, yeah. I don't. So I, yeah, no, nope. I try to take the internet now with a large grain of salt. I'll thank people for stopping by if they have something mm-hmm. they if they don't like what I'm doing. Then, hey, thanks for taking the time to at least look. And uh, mm-hmm. I appreciate you. And I hope that you have a great day. And yeah, I mean that's all you can really do. Um, it is. I mean, the internet, it it's, it's a weird place. It's a great platform. It's also pretty terrible. Um, it just, I think it allows people to hide behind a screen and just, I don't know, man. I, I live my life very much by the golden rule. 
You know, yeah. I, I try to treat everybody that I interact with in, in be it in person or the internet or whatever as how I want to be treated. You know, like I said, we've got a short period of time on this earth. You know, it's it's over in the blink of an eye, and I just don't want to be a salty, bitter person and 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 just tear into people. Like I've I've never understood the concept. I just of- don't have the time for that shit. Like, how do you have that much time in your day? to to start some shit and carry on an argument like that or even if it's a weekend do you really devalue your weekend so much that you're willing to spend hours going back and forth with somebody on the internet over something so inconsequential as somebody dry firing like i'm not i'm not you know i at the end of it i wish the guy well i said you know what thanks for having the conversation i i hope you have a great weekend and I think I, I saved this. I'll have to send you the screenshots. I saved the yeah, whole conversation. It was, uh, it, it was pretty ridiculous. And that's honestly, that's where I get most of my heat. I don't usually get too much stuff on safety um, or anything like that. For whatever reason, guys, man, people just love to tell me that I'm fat. I'm like, really? no shit, man. Like, I, I, I could have, I swear to God, I woke up and looked in the mirror this morning and I was skinny. Like, working on it, man. Go to the gym, doing the right things. Yeah. Like, it's, a, it's a, not an overnight process. And, uh, and it's all, and again, this individual in this case was, uh, you know, he blocked his account or, um, okay. it's private, it's private. So you can't see it. It's like, all right, I'm sure you're probably a master of self-defense and, uh, have, you know, seen mm-hmm. multiple de- deployments and killed many, many men and what, probably not. Cause actually the guys that have gone out and done that are usually the last ones to go out and be They're quiet, man. Like I said, yeah. all, all my buddies that have, have been overseas and done cool stuff or not done cool stuff there. They definitely speak a lot quieter, and you know, if anything, they're most encouraging. Like I've got a good buddy of mine, he's a Ranger. Um, he's like one of the most encouraging guys that I've had, and he's like, just keep doing it, man. Keep training, keep learning, keep doing the or thing. If they, or if they have any kind of criticism, they slide in and do it in your in your DMs, and we'll do yeah. it in private rather yeah, than yeah, because there's no there's no need. Um, and I think that speaks volumes about them. Um, and, and, and it's not just, you know, combat veterans, but typically the, the, the most positive feedback I've gotten from people, um, has, it's been through DM. It has not been through actual like public comments. Mm-hmm. Um, I've got yeah, a lot if it's of DM, it's typically comments, but... constructive or positive. Yeah. If it's on blast in public, it's always, it's always negative. Yeah. It's always somebody just being a, a, a complete jackass. And that's, um, I mean, as a whole, I, I just, I wish we saw more in the community of people acting out against that. Like, Hey man, you're being a pretty big cock bag right now. Like we don't need you, you know, but for whatever reason, people are still afraid to step up to those dudes unless, I mean, they'll step up and they'll defend. And and I'm not, I'm not crying. I'm not complaining. I'm not, no, you know, but people will step up and defend the ones that don't need it. Like, yes, the guys that want to sit there and flame we keep going back to it, but, uh, you know, Lucas from T-Rex arms, like, Oh, you don't know shit about tactics, dude. If you're seriously coming at this guy right now with the, you don't know tactics argument, like, dude, just, just go away, just go away, you know, or, or something like that. It's like, no one needs you to defend him or Grantham or, you know, uh, Mojo or any of those guys. It's like, they don't need it. All right. Like yeah, they don't need you, what you should be doing is finding the people that are out there trying to to get constructive feedback and posting these videos like, Hey, you know, new gun owner, you know, really going to work on this instead of just like ripping them up and like your holster shit, your gun is shit. You need an optic. You'll never be fast without one. It's like, you know, you could probably 
you could probably phrase that a little bit differently and soften your touch a little bit. You probably get a hell of a lot farther and make this a very positive interaction for that person. So I want to, I'm glad you mentioned that. There's there's one thing I want to air out that I just, you know, when just something gets under your skin that you just can't shake. Oh yeah. It's this whole like pores thing. Oh, the people. Yeah. The the criticizing people. Cause it's like, Oh, here come the pores. Cause it's, yeah, I, I can't, maybe it's because I spent some time in the retail side of things. Maybe it's because, you know, my background in with like family and like my, my parents are first generation Americans and like have lived out the American dream and all that kind of stuff. Um, but this whole thing with like the pores thing, I know some people do it, you know, in jest, but it just cuts into me. Cause like, I remember, you know, working at the retail side of things, and you got someone that, you know, doesn't make a lot of money and they, and they value self-defense and they're buying a Smith and Wesson SDV nine. Yeah. You know, cause that's not a bad afford. gun, not great, but it's not a bad gun. It's reliable. And like when people like flex on people, it just hurts me on the inside. I'm like, no, this is not what we should be doing. We should not be like crapping on these people. What we should say is, okay, you got that, you know, Maybe you can save up some more money and trade that in and then get like a Glock or an M&P or a SIG or whatever it may be, whatever, yep. you know, a 320. And instead, like people will come and they'll shit on things. And then they're all of a sudden they're like, oh, I hate these people. And then that's it. And then that's the end of their two-way journey. You yeah, know, it we, stops we as soon as it started. End. Yeah, and it's like if anything, like all right, man, cool. It's like oh yeah, you got yourself a reliable gun. You know, have you you know heard of this or heard of that or you know have you considered this? And instead of like fostering a stepping stone for them and be like, hey, listen, this is what's next. You kind of cut them at the ankles, yeah, and they're done with you. And it's just this whole like flexing internet thing. And like I try to like walk a fine line of like again posting my photography and like with my stuff and not flexing like it's just it's just a weird weird thing so i don't want to come across as like this elitist prick to put it simply you know i, yeah, I work we don't hard need for more of that. that stuff you know what i mean like i work hard for my money and this is like one of my 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 biggest hobby and what i do and you know where i want to invest my money is my protection and you know and and again it's it's twofold it's well maybe even threefold like i value my protection i value my rights and it also is a hobby for me. It also is fun. It's not just a hobby. It's, you know, I, I, I dwell in this three worlds of, you know, of view. Like, I definitely absolutely value, you know, guns for what they are as tools and, and weapons to right. potentially take a life. But it's also fun for me, too. And I like to dabble in some of the cloning and fun, silly stuff, too. But I just hate it when people are such, like, absolutists. So, like, if you don't buy staccato your guns are shit yeah or it's the same guys if you don't if you don't buy an you know uh lwrc or bcm or a daniel you know your rifle's trash and you don't know what you're fucking doing and it's like yeah man some people don't have that kind of money and for some Mm -hmm. people like myself like yeah you start with an m&p sport 2 or a a palmetto rifle rifle ever for the money (laughs) i don't care what anyone says that is a working rifle that's accurate and reliable and and you can over time i mean yes you end up spending a little bit more money but it's easier to manage and digest for a lot of folks like yeah you can swap out the handguard you can swap out the bolt carrier you can swap out and add 
different things. And, you know, hey, again, T-Rex Arms did the video on it. You know, it's like, and they didn't have any issues with it. Like, oh, so, yeah, I mean, it's it's not the most ideal platform. It's like, well, okay, saying that it's not the most ideal platform and saying it's a bad platform are two different things. And, absolutely. you know, I think I, for as much as normal people shoot, you could do a lot worse than an M&P Sport 2. I had a guy that brought one to a to Casa class, to the three-day carbine class. Mm-hmm. He had an M&P Sport, to, uh, M&P Sport, I'm going back before the two existed. Oh, um, there you go. Had, and he had a drop-in Troy rail. He was running iron sights, Magpul P-Mags, and ran it for three days, an assortment of steel and brass ammo. Wow. No problems. And it was accurate. It was actually a very, it was, an, it was just as accurate as, as my DD. See, it was. people like to shit on it, so but it, it works. It works. Right, we we shot out to three hundred, but most of it was like seventy five and in, and we we went out to three hundred. And it the gun was accurate. It was a reliable, reliable gun. You know, a lot of people that I that message me like, "Hey man, I'm looking to get into this and this and that." I'm like, "Look at a sport too." Whenever someone says they have eight hundred bucks or under, I don't know what they're selling for now. Because I mean, at one point in time, they were selling for like six fifty. I got mine for five. Okay. Um, but um, I, I, was it four or five? It was after the Orlando nightclub shooting, but I've seen him go for seven or eight with everything that with COVID. But yeah, I mean, when people ask me the same thing, I'm like, if you, if you're asking because you don't know what to get, you know, I would recommend, I recommend usually the, the sport too. And if they, mm-hmm. I have like, uh, my brother-in-law got the Springfield saint, which I, I heard is slightly nicer and stuff and comes mm-hmm. with some better furniture. I don't but, know much about it. Um, I don't either. I haven't shot one. I've heard some, some pretty decent things, but um, I'm like, yeah, you, it's pretty good. If you want to get into an AR, that that's where I would start. If you have more money to spend, here's the name of some other companies, but typically those people don't, they, they What's have go to gun like above a M and P sport. What, what is your middle of the road? I've got 1500 bucks to spend. What do you, what do you recommend to people? Oh, I mean, if they had 1500 to spend, 15 um, and under. I mean, I don't because m- m- none of mine were like super brand name. Like my eleven and a half is a Palmetto build that's just been mm-hmm. upgraded and upgraded. Um, if someone had, hey, I got fifteen hundred dollars or less to spend on this, I would probably push them towards Arrow Precision. I hear a lot of good things about Arrow, um, or I would do like an Arrow lower because you know those are around three fifty, and then maybe mm-hmm. like a BCM upper um, would be a pretty good combination, I think, depending on the upper you want to get. Or um, honestly, I don't. Yeah, I would go full Arrow. Except that I hate their handguards. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I usually go BCM. Really I usually recommend BCM. Yeah, yeah. If I had the money to do it all over again, and I've been thinking about getting another one. Honestly, I, I do want to do a BCM, maybe like a fourteen and a half or something. And uh, yeah, I think that'd probably be it. Probably the next what one. What are what are GDs going for these days? I have no idea. I have I have not even I have not even looked at anything Daniel in so long. Once I found out that the only thing special about them really is their rail. Um, well, and their barrels too. I mean, they cold hammer forge, which is which is nice. Yeah, but you can. They're not. I mean, it's not like they're the best in the game or anything. Like Daniel's yeah. like the name in a quad rail, but you know, Roscoe makes some pretty good barrels. Criterion Proof Research, yep. like those are all really good companies for barrels. Mm-hmm. That's not to say that Daniels aren't good. It's just. Mm-hmm. 
you know, it's not. Uh, Marty Daniels is apparently, from what I understand, is an interesting relation, uh, really uh, interesting personality in the, in the industry. From what I've heard, they're. I don't know. I feel like the people I've talked to that have Daniels are all. I mean, no offense or anything, but to anybody that owns one, but the people I've encountered that are all about Daniel Defense end up being overwhelming pricks because they're just really? they're. Yeah, they're they're the first ones to yell out "poor," like "oh, the poor is ratted again." It's like, really? dude, like they're in that. I didn't know they were in that crowd. Like, I, I again, I have one D, I have one DD that I won. Yeah, and I have a DD. My Mark eighteen is a DD upper on a Noveski lower. Um, so I hear good things about Noveski. They're expensive, man. I have so three, I have my that is a Noveski lower. My M16A4 is all Noveski except the barrel. Um, the barrel is an FN barrel. And then I have my Mark 12 Mod H is Noveski uh, upper and lower. Like, I buy their their chainsaw. Upper and lowers are great. Um, is Noveski. Um, most of my guns are builds, honestly. Yeah, I, d- like I, see, I did. I built, well, I mean, I modified and upgraded but I had mo- somebody else do most of the work. I did build an upper over COVID. That was an interesting okay, experience. Cool. I haven't shot it yet. We'll see. We'll my see only actual complete gun is that DD, and that my LM my LMT is un unmolested. That's just an LMT three hundred eight. Unmolested. Nice. <laughs> yeah. It's a, it's, now that gun is awesome. I that's. One of my favorite guns to shoot is it makes shooting out to like 600 plus way too easy. Like See, I, I know with even, that, I haven't even gone out that far, so I don't like, I know with that gun at 600 yards, I know I need a hold with gold metal match, 168 grain. I know 3.2 mils is where I need a hold. And I'm just bringing steel dead center at 600. See, like I think that that's, gun that's, so that's what that's the kind of relationship people should have with their with their firearms and their their weapon systems. You should understand whatever ranges that you you foresee yourself needing to engage at. You need to understand mm-hmm. your zero. You need to understand your optics. You need to understand your holds, which is why mm-hmm. any class anybody takes, you know, you should start with checking and confirming zeros. Um, mine all have, thank God. Um, I've heard mm-hmm. stories that some classes either they take like the whole first day out of three to just talk about zeros, which I don't know if I would be happy or not about that. I mean, like it's good Mm -hmm. information, but at the same time, it's like, all right, dude, I paid to be here to like learn some shit. Like, I don't know if I'll probably get roasted for that. People tell me, I don't know. I don't know what the fuck. I I remember the cost of class I took. We, We took like an hour to zero. It was like zero confirm zero go back to it, kind of explain some fundamentals of different types of zeros. Maybe it was two hours, but it wasn't like half the day. Like it was, it was not a plurality. It was like, Hey, 50 yards, 25 yard, hundred yard, you know, you can get this, this, and this, you can choose whatever you, whatever zero you want to choose. Like Chris was like, you know, I, I run a 50. Um, you can do this, you can do that. This is what I recommend. And I think everyone was like, okay, we'll do 50. So we're learning from him. Yeah. Um, but it wasn't, it was, it was not a plurality of time spent. It was, it was a good portion spent. And I think a proportionate portion of what the class was explaining zero and the importance of zero and 
all that stuff. So I'll give him that. But it wasn't like I didn't eat up the class with with zero. He did not eat up the class with zero. But um, yeah. yeah. So I wanted to ask: Have you done any long range? So have you done no long range stuff? Not to speak of. No, I. Uh, none <laughs> it's just it's outside my wheelhouse and it's something that i know you can if you jump into it you you got to invest and you got to really yeah. know what you're doing and everything starts to matter more your mm-hmm. your practice rounds matter more your zero matters a whole lot more quality glass matters a whole lot you could yeah. there's just there's less room for error there's a whole so world I, it, man uh, i started getting into it uh, with, with one of my buddies and he moved away and he was kind of like my long range buddy. We were doing it together, but I wasn't sure if he had, if you had messed around with it. It's, 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 re- I'm not going to lie. I will say one thing we want to like to get into it because I remember what we're talking about, but ringing steel at a thousand yards feels really good. Dude, I was happy when I was able to do it at a hundred yards, but I, I, my, my, uh, the range that my buddy is uh he's a member at this ranch in northern michigan and we went up and shot at their range and um 250 i ran out of ammo and i was probably would have tried it but um 250 is as far as theirs goes and uh mm-hmm. with a he was hitting it with a lever action 30 30 uh oh, cool. three to nine so i was like okay kind of wish i had ammo because i really want to i mean i only have a one to six but mm-hmm. I feel like if you can do it with a 30-30 lever action, I can definitely do it with a 5.56 five, gun. Yeah. So that'll be on my list. And the next time we get together, I'll I'll hopefully have more on that. And be like, yeah, yeah. I pushed out, pushed out past 100 yards. But, I'm building a... I'm building a... Like, so I have two 308. Um, I'm going to switch one to 6.5 Creedmore. Because it's, it's a lot... It, 6.5 is a pretty cool round. Um, but I'm building a 300 wind mag um kind of mark 13 clone i'm gonna upset a lot of people when i'm done with this um just can't help yourself but irritate people no that's that's (laughs) what i do um but i want to build like an out west like i'm building it to do some some hunting and i'm gonna do it off an ai chat there you go yeah it's gonna be be a 300 win mag um it's where the deals take me it's like I, i i love accuracy international i love their products i love what they do I mean, they make really, really good chassis. They're heavy. They're technically, like, what I'm getting is antiquated and all that stuff, but I like old stuff, I guess. Um, but, yeah, man, when you, when, when you, in your journey, you know, it took me 10-plus years to get into long-range shooting. Um, it's something I was always afraid of, and then I started exploring it. I'm like, okay, you can kind of do it without spending a ton of money, but... Yeah. Your money's gonna be in your glass. Yeah. I mean, I'm, yeah. Again, I, I'm no I'm no PRS guy. Like that's not what I'm into. I'm not into PRS. I'm not gonna compete or any of that kind of stuff. No, I mean I, I, I have a six five Creedmoor bolt gun. Oh, I nice. did spend some decent money on a three to fifteen uh vortex scope. I think it was the Viper. Mm-hmm. I just I've I've only I was only able to find twenty rounds of oh. like soft tip like deer hunting ammo and mm-hmm. that's that's been the extent of it. And it's something that I want to do more of. Um, it just for convenience and accessibility, uh, here in Michigan, you have to drive several hours to get to any kind of range. that's going to let you push really more than, you know, the 25 yards you get in an indoor range. It just, it sucks. Um, yeah. 
you. But you know, hopefully, I, I can... have to drive a little bit too for for I have to drive at least an hour plus to get any outdoor range with distance. Yeah, it's uh, I, the one that I know of that's outdoors is about an hour, and they don't really let you do anything short of just bench shooting, mm. and then past that, it's you jump from an hour up to like three hours. So, really? yeah, there's just not a lot here in Michigan in terms. We, we don't really have a ton of outdoor gun ranges. We have a ton of we have more golf courses than you can shake a stick at, but but not same thing here. Not gun ranges. So, and we we, uh, we just had a few ranges pop up in the last couple of years that are. I envy the guys out west, where they're just like, I'm gonna go to the desert. Um, yeah, I'm like, well, and, you're a lucky bastard, and I hate you, and um. Nope, that's pretty much it. I just you're lucky that you you have that accessibility. We don't have that here. I mean, Thanks. we have some state controlled land, but um, that's not an option. Yeah. Right? So it, it's on the list, though. It's on the list, and uh, hopefully cool. we can. We're we're getting to like, oh man, we're at two and a half hours. So are uh, we really? Yeah, man. Wow. So hopefully the really next that. hopefully next time we touch base, I'll actually have an opportunity to have actually to to put some amount of ammo downrange on that okay. rifle and, and we'll yeah, get into more man. of that. Definitely. But, uh, cool. It, it's been awesome, man. Thank you for making yeah, the time. Yeah, man. I, like I said, I, I, I like the stuff, you know, I got someone I can talk to guns about and just in an open forum like this. It's great, man. So I really enjoy it. Yeah, I know we hit two and a half hours pretty, pretty quick. Um, yeah, I didn't even realize it. So, uh, yeah, man, we'll be, we'll be touching base in the future. Uh, I mean, if it's anything like the difference between our last conversation and this one, obviously we'll have a whole shitload to talk about. So I, I look yeah. forward to it, man. Yeah, man. Hit me up anytime you want, man. I'm always open to it. All right. Will do, sir. You stay safe right, and uh, enjoy hey, the rest you of your too, evening. Man. You too. Right. Have a good one. So that was my conversation with Tim, uh, Concept Gray, as you all may know him a little bit better out on the social media world. We talked about a, a lot. I wasn't, I wasn't exaggerating, you know, when I said that we hit on a wide variety of topics, uh, and it's always a good time catching up with Tim, um, anybody really that we've had the opportunity to network with here through the prepared mindset. Uh, we, en- we enjoy catching up with these connections, with these friendships that we've, we forged over, you know, our common bonds and interests and goals and the you know, the preparedness and survival community. So, um, something I really enjoy doing and hopefully you guys really, you know, enjoyed listening. Things are, things are good. You know, they're taking off here for us. Um, I've been contacted by a couple different people about coming on we're working to bring on some more guests, uh, that I think you, you guys will be really excited to hear from. I'm, I'm really excited to have the opportunity to just to talk to some of these people and, uh, pick their brains, ask questions uh, from a wide variety of uh, lifestyles and, and walks of life. So um, stay tuned for more of that. It should be should be an, an exciting couple of months coming up here for the team here at Prepared Mindset. But until next time, folks, like we always say here, we want you to get out there, work hard, train smarter, and until next time, be prepared. Be prepared.